This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, we're 12 days into the month of December. Today is a Monday. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Crews removed the box surrounding the Christopher Columbus statue in South Philadelphia's Marconi Plaza on Sunday night. The box surrounded the statue for two years. On Friday, a judge ruled it to be removed. Attorney George Bacchetto, who represents the statue supporters, said in a statement he is delighted that the rule of the law still matters. City of Philadelphia spokesperson Kevin Lassard said the city is very disappointed in the court's ruling. We continue to believe that the Christopher Columbus statue, which has been a source of controversy in Philadelphia, should be removed from its current position at Marconi Plaza, Lassard said. They should have removed the box and have David Copperfield be there. Like a big trick. elaborate Las yeah. Vegas magic yeah. trick. Yeah, for two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. He's been hiding inside Dude, of that. that is a hell of a trick. Where's the statue? <laughs> the legal it's on stage in Vegas. Yeah, the legal fight over the statue began with Mayor Jim Kenney's decision to take down the statue in the summer of 2020 during the George Floyd protests that erupted in cities across the country, including Philadelphia. The announcement Sunday that a Libyan man suspected in the 1988 bombing of a passenger jet has been taken into U.S. custody put the spotlight back on the notor- notorious terrorist attack. The suspect, Abu Aghali Masad Kir al-Marimi, is accused of building the bomb that destroyed a Pan Am flight over the Scottish town of Lockerbie. The attack killed all 259 people aboard the plane and 11 on the ground. The majority of those killed were Americans. 34 years later, the public's memories of the attack have largely faded despite developments in the case that have intermittently returned it to the headlines. Uh, the nurse who took care of my mother when she was at home and she was in hospice, uh, her husband and son died on that. Were on that? On that. Wow. Uh, plan, yeah. And, wow. Um, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, she she's a, was an incredibly, uh, she's a wonderful woman. The, the care she gave to my mother was amazing. But, uh, you know, how do you, I mean, you lose your husband and your son. And your son. Yeah, yeah. Oh. On December 21st, 1988, a bomb planted aboard Pan Am Flight 103 exploded less than a half an hour after the jet departed London's Heathrow Airport bound for New York. In 1991, the U.S. charged two Libyan uh, intelligence officers with planting the bomb aboard the jet. It's not clear how Mossad uh, was taken into custody. He would be the first to appear in an American courtroom for prosecution of this attack. The body of a humpback whale washed ashore on the beach in Strathmere on Saturday morning, weighing at an estimated 20 tons. Staff members for the Marine Mammal Stranding Center in Brigantine were at the beach tending to the animal. They were taking measurements Saturday and planned to perform a a necropsy on the site to gather more information and perhaps determine the cause of death. When did they bring in the dynamite? Yeah, blow it up. (laughs) No, they're not. Uh, So the animal was dead when it came ashore. Uh, The first report came about 10 a.m., according to Mayor Curtis uh, Corson. Once the stranding center crews complete its work, the Public Works Department plans to bury the animal on the beach, which is standard practice for large marine animals. And then they blow it up. <laughs> and then blow it up. Why not? Come on, stop it! Marissa, you look like you smelled something horrible. What's with your face? Smell eventually, Marissa. So this 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 beach is actually known for whales being washed up. And uh, Jason and I went one year when there was a whale, and I have a picture of him. He's so little, and he is crying and holding his Uh, nose because it smells. It smells so bad. There's one on the Jersey Shore that that um, what was it? They did no, no. It was on the West Coast, and they people were. It became a tourist attraction. Oh, geez. (laughs) Oh, it was no, Steve. When I when I went, but the smell was like. 
horrendous. Crippling. Yeah. 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 No, when I went, there were tons of people. Oh, really? I, sure. I, I happened to be down you there. Uh, it, yeah. It was in the fall. I happened to be down there. And so him and I went down. And uh, yeah, there were tons of people. I don't know. You just kind of want to go attract them that way. <laughs> would SeaWorld, because they get some, some bad press for that, what if they just had washed up? Yeah, just attraction. Dead, dead, dead animals <laughs> that have washed come, up. Come see the dead. Go see them. Wait, but I was thinking too, like they buried Here's some dead seals. <laughs> Wait, but a couple they... dead manatees <laughs> over here. Those things. Yeah, are we even got a narwhal. Yeah. It's dead too. They bury... we didn't kill it. We just washed it. <laughs> go ahead. Go no, on. I'm sorry. Uh, I keep cutting you off. They <clears throat> bury it. I'm thinking like there's got to be like chunks that kids dig up. <laughs> You can't bury it far enough, you know, and I think wouldn't... Well, they have... I don't know. They have... Listen, it's not a couple of dudes out there with 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 beach shovels. I'm sure they have, like, (laughs) heavy equipment. equipment. But think how deep Um, you'd have to go... Especially for feral creatures that are inclined to... Dig it up. Yeah. Or kids dig it up. I mean, unless it's 20 feet down... I would say they're more than six feet. I mean, if you're using like backhoes and stuff like that, like yeah, you can get. Yeah, you can got to use a, a whale crane. Yeah, you yeah, got to use a whale crane. Uh, I mean, it's gonna you know it's gonna decompose over yeah. time. So. It's awesome. Yeah. I remember seeing one uh, within the last three years. It was uh, it was in between Avalon and Sea Isle. Do you remember that? It washed up just by that bridge. Uh, yeah. That, that connected that. Was that a whale or a shark? No, it was a whale, was and, they, and they it left it. shale. There. They never buried it. It just stayed there. Just let it decompose. Yep. Oh, huh. Was it small? Yep. It wasn't gigantic like the one you're talking about. What did you say, 22 tons? Eventually, other scavenger yeah. you know, animals are going to eat it. Cats will come and eat it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, township workers tried to drag the remains out of the water <clears throat> and up the beach using heavy equipment, but the uh, whale weighed too much. Instead, uh, they used a front-end loader to roll the whale uh, to the beach and beyond the tide line. The animal washed in along a quiet section of the beach known as Whale Beach. Several local sources indicate the name stems from the number of whales that have washed ashore over the decades. The area has been called Whale Beach for at least a century. They missed a perfect opportunity. They should have put a large picture of Brendan Fraser on the side of it, uh, you know, opening this weekend for the whale. (laughs) Humpback humpback whale sightings have been increasingly common along the Jersey Shore. The whales were listed as endangered in the 1970s, but today the humpback whales off the coast of New Jersey are not considered threatened Mm. with the population growing over the decades. They remain a protected species, as are all marine mammals. In sports this morning... The Eagles clinched a playoff spot Sunday by demolishing yeah. the Giants 48-22. to They improved to 12-1 and for just the second time in franchise history. Third. They did it! For the, it's, 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 I thought it was the third. I heard her. Well, it doesn't matter. Let's ask the whale. Yeah. <laughs> they ran for 251, uh, threw for 217 yards, and scored on eight of ten possessions. The Eagles are on the road again this Sunday to play the Bears in Chicago for a game at 1 o'clock. Joel Embiid thoroughly and almost casually dominated in the Sixers' 131-113 win over the Hornets at the Wells Fargo Center. They did it! Posting 53 points on 20 for 32 shooting and 12 rebounds. James Harden had 19 points, 16 assists, and 9 rebounds. Tyrese Maxey and Daniel House Jr. remained out for the Sixers. Head coach Doc Rivers said before the game that Maxey has continued to progress and this upcoming week will be a significant one in his return to play uh, process. 
<clears throat> Maxie was cleared to run earlier this week. The Sixers will host the Kings on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Excuse me. You all right? The Flyers took another loss in overtime with a 5-4 decision to the Coyotes in Arizona. John Tort. What the f- Tortorella's club is 0-6 uh, in overtime this season. Clayton Keller capped off a hat trick by scoring the overtime winner with 22.4 seconds remaining. The Flyers are 0-0-2 on their fourth uh, four-game road trip and haven't won away from home since November 5th. They face the Avalanche of Colorado tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. You sound like you're at about 96% or yeah. somewhere, just a little over 95. Yep, there's still like a slight weakness. Uh, I still have a little bit of a call. Off, um, but I was talking to um, Steve Vassilotti uh, down at MGK, and he told me that this happened to him a couple of years ago. He said it was about three years ago, and he said for two months afterwards, that slight weakness stayed yeah. in his voice. You had it on. Yeah, Remember how long it went, went on with you? You were having that morning sort of roughness. Yeah. It's annoying. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, well, hang and in it's, there. And it's, wor- it's the worst when you first wake up, like, very early in the morning. And then right. as the ga- day goes on, it gets a little bit better. Right. Well, we'll see. Maybe Nick's uh, has befallen the same fate because he's not here today. He's not feeling well. He's, he's got a sore throat and everything, so we'll keep an eye on that as well as he's got the day off. But Marissa gets to hang out in the Yay! studio this week. Which is a wonderful thing. So we have a lot of uh, things taking place uh, today. We have to reset with a new week. New Word of the Week prizes week is a Pisic Round Barbecue and Fire Pit Kit from Landis Block. We'll give that away uh, on Friday, but you need to keep track of the letters. I think you know how that works by now. Uh, We also have a few other things. So we have the skate date night that's happening, Flight on Ice in Delaware County. Uh, we are headed there on Thursday evening, and uh, we're keeping an eye on the weather. We'll see how this goes. We'll continue to give away uh, passes for this, so listen up for your chance to win. Uh, in fact, you can text the word SKATE to 39333, and we'll give you a link to enter uh, four-pack of tickets uh, outside of calling in on nice. the air. as a chance for you to win online. That doesn't come with Skate Rental if we give them away on the air. Uh, uh, by having you call in, we'll give away skate rental with that, too. But uh, we also have Christmas Miracle Passes. That is a week from this uh, thir- Wednesday, right? Yep. Yeah, yes. week from yes. this yes. Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, yeah, we have a few of those left, and we will have your chance to win. And we have this screening tomorrow night of Avatar The Way of Water. And this will be an IMAX 3D at uh, the UA King of Prussia. In fact, you know what? I'll take caller number 11 right now and give away a pair of passes for that screening. 215-263-WMMR. There's a chance, a second chance to win as well. Just text the word AVATAR. Uh, to 39333, and we'll have a chance. We are doing so many things that way. Just text any random word to 39333. Yeah, you're going to win something. <laughs> you win yeah. something. Yeah. You know Why what? Uh, text Lamborghini. Hey, yeah. see if you get one. Never know. No, no, no. You now, know, they're saying Avatar could make, in its opening weekend, $200 million. Wow. 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 Because there's nothing really competing. No, sure. there isn't. Yeah. 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 Uh, so your chance to uh, go to that, be caller number 11 right now. We'll uh, we'll give away several more of those. We have a bunch to give away today and tomorrow uh, for that screening. It should be called 7 p.m. Now, heads up, because it's a three a little over three hours. Yeah. Long movie. Uh, well, that's so. why they're starting it earlier, because normally these movies don't start till 7.30. Okay. Um, so we're, I might be talking out my ass on that one. But I always thought that they started at 7. Either way, I'm going to go see it. All right. Yeah. Long movie, uh, but your chance to see it uh, before it officially hits theaters, which is pretty cool. All right. So we got a lot of other things happening today. Oh, guess wise, we're going to have uh, one of our friends, uh, comedian Steve Byrne, on the program around 9 o'clock. And he's got a new comedy special called The Last Late Night with Steve Byrne. He's great. We'll talk to him a little bit later on. But you can catch that on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, we will break. Come back in a second. Stupid question. Entertainment report. I have a stupid question concerning National Lampoon 
Stone's Christmas Vacation, which I'll be curious if you know the answer to that, Casey, because you know that movie really, really well. Probably. Uh, but it's a listener-generated question and a bunch of stories from entertainment. So stay put. We'll be back in a sec. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Stupid question. This week, we're giving away a pair of tickets to see Bush. Going to be performing with Candlebox Friday, February 17th at Ovation Hall at the Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City. So you get a pair of tickets. If you can tell me this, Casey, and I'm curious if you know the answer to this. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Clark invents a non-nutritive cereal varnish named what? (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. Now, I got this via Matt uh, Haggerty, uh-huh. who emailed in to me, and I hope he's correct, because I did not verify this. I mean, your answer is always the correct one. Yeah. I know that it's semi-permeable, but, <clears throat> um, but man, what's the name of that? Yeah, it's got a name to it. The National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. <sighs> Clark invents a non-nutritive <laughs> cereal varnish named what? What? No, I, I just, it's, so... Two one five two six three W on the mark. I mean, my brother's a chemist, so this sort of stuff, like that, that line when he's right. describing what the cereal varnish does, yeah. is uh, for some reason varnish. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke. Is yeah. that you're yeah. varnish, uh-huh. applying varnish to your cereal. Well, it just keeps your cereal, yeah. you know, crispy Polished. and crunchy. No, no, no. It's supposed to keep it crunchy yes, and crispy. Yeah. And the, uh, all right. So anyway, my brother probably knows it, but I don't know the all answer. Right. All right. Well, we'll find out if somebody knows this. Today's twelfth day of December. Let me mention some birthdays today. I'm going to start with a big, big, biggie. Uh, today is Bob Barker's 99th birthday. Wow. Today. Yes. Wow. And to be honest, wow. when I first I saw it on the news this morning. I had thought that Bob had, was already passed away. What yeah. kind of shape is he in? Do we know? I don't know. Uh, he, I, he was he was in great shape. He's always been a healthy well, guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a martial arts, yeah. uh, you know, guy, and and he's always been health conscious. But uh, I don't know what his current state is. He is ninety nine years old. Years ago, he used to do two showcase models a week. Wow! To keep, yeah, make sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> that was the doctor's recommendation. Right. I remember when he retired, though. I didn't give him much time. I was like, dude, he needs prices right to stay alive. He does a lot of animal charity, which yeah. is uh, awesome. And just one of the best ever at the, what he did. Uh, listen, Drew Carey's great, but Bob Barker is. You yep. can't follow a Bob Barker. Nope. There's is. some photos of him not that long ago, and he's, I mean, he looks old, but okay. he's, he still looks pretty healthy now. I don't know how long ago these were taken. You know what he him, does? And, him and Dick Van Dyke, oh. they're, they're just in Phenomenal shape. He has a startup company uh, that goes around blowing up whales, Kathy. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a needed uh, service. Love people. <laughs> Especially lately. Uh, so happy birthday, Mr. Bob Barker, 99 today. Uh, the very beautiful and talented Jennifer Connelly has her birthday as well. Uh, she's 51 years old. She picked up an Oscar when she was in uh, the movie A Beautiful Mind. Yes. Uh, so happy. It's a great movie. First to her, it is a great movie. Um, we also have Connie Francis. Oh, my God. Yeah, pop singer from the 1950s and 1960s. And uh, Connie is 85 years old Had today. a very troubled life. Did she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Early on. 
like uh, abusive Sexual relationships. Abuse. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, we also have Kathy Rigby, oh. the uh, Olympic gymnast turned actress, and Kathy Rigby turns <laughs> seventy today. Uh, you also have Dion Warwick, fan- phenomenal singer. She's a fun follow on Instagram. I'm not Instagram, Twitter as well. Who is yeah. she having this sort of a faux fight with? Um, oh, I don't know. She's There's been a few people she, that, have, that have popped up that she's uh, piggybacked on to some right. things that they've said and had a lot of fun with it, but I can't remember that I, one, Steve. I, I think she has uh, put her name or her, her hat in the ring for the, you know, the next Pete Davidson conquest. Uh, that <laughs> oh, was that it. Might be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And remember the Psychic Network? Oh, oh my God. Psychic that. Friends Network, yeah. I yeah. actually, I called that one time. Uh, and? Tristan? I was drunk. <laughs> okay. And wanted to find out if I was ever going to meet my soulmate because I was uh-huh. lonely at the time. Uh, and they just hang you on the line. And uh-huh. The dollars just rack up. And that's the way that thing worked, man. Uh, she's 82 today. Oh, she said, uh, if that young man has Taylor's scarf, he should return it. With the Taylor Swift and the Jake Gyllenhaal. Scarf. Oh, that's it. Okay, yes, that's okay. Where she that she, she put herself into that fight. Uh, Sheila E celebrates birthday today. One of the best. Uh, yep, wonderful percussionist, drummer, uh, protege of Prince. Uh, had a few hit songs on her own. Glamorous life was big. Yep. Uh, she's sixty five today. Uh, I throw in this guy, Dan Baird. Dan Baird was the lead singer of the Georgia Satellites. Oh, wow. So he's the guy on uh, Keep Your Hands to Yourself. God, when that song came out, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Uh, Did they have and any I still follow-up? Like, I still like singing along to it. What's that? Did they have a follow-up? Uh, they had a song called Battleship Chains. Okay. Um, and, and I know this because we played it in my band, which was a lot of fun. But uh, their, their other guitarist was a guy who sang that. But that was a fun song. But uh, Dan Barrett, he actually had a solo song called I Love You, Period. Do You Love Me, Question Mark. Oh, yeah. I remember that. It was a fun little... And yeah. it was similar to this type of song. It was kind of goofy and cute. Yeah. I love when you have your period. Uh, but I, that's not what it's about. Uh, he is 69 today. So happy birthday to Mr. Dan Bear. And King Oh, oh yeah. I didn't know you were going to do that. And I hit it. He hit it and it faded. And it faded. Okay. I feel I was, empty. I was going. You ruined my day. Keep your hands in your hands. Now you made it up. It's not good. Uh, Dickie Betts, former singer and guitarist for the Allman Brothers Band. <laughs> I chose a song with no words. Great musician. Yes. <laughs> it's a great the song, song, though. He's a guitarist. Yeah. And he's probably the guy playing guitar on this, right? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So anyhow, he is 79 years old today. Happy birthday, Dickie Betts. Uh, actor Bill Nye. Is it Nye or Nighy? N-I-G-H-Y. Oh, uh, from the Underworld series. And, and um, yeah. Uh, Love Actually. Love Actually. He plays uh, Billy Mack, which... I- which, by the way, has been running like crazy lately. And Constantly. I'll jump in anytime. Did Actually, you watch, I have an observation about that movie. Did, well, I have a question for you guys about that. Did movie. you watch the ABC special about it? No. Yeah, because it was the anniversary. It. Ah, damn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Was it good? Uh, I have it recorded. I, I can, can probably find I can it. Put, I'll put the actual uh, electronic recording in an envelope and send it to you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He was in uh, the, the Harry Potter Deathly Hollows and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Very funny guy. He's uh, 73. Uh, years old today. Uh, Regina Hall. No. Uh, awesome. Scary movie films. Uh, Allie McBeal. Uh, she is 52. Uh, Maya Bialik has her birthday as well. Mine's I'm host Jeopardy. I didn't like her as a host. My mom hates her as a host. I don't care for her either. Yeah, Yeah, I think uh, Ken is a better host. I think she's just kind of okay. And not, you know, 
I, I just think her style yeah. of of of, uh, of hosting is not quite right for Jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, but I think she's a lot of fun, smart, uh, entertaining, and that whole routine. But. <laughs> Yeah. Is, this, is this Italian? Uh, Spanish, Spanish. Yeah. Uh, so she is 47 today. By the way, okay, I think of you, obviously, Kathy, yeah. when I hear that song, because Kathy did the little blossom dance. I, in my YouTube feed the other day, there was a video I didn't even know existed. You went back to your house and you recreated the dance. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, from heaven is a place on earth with the the uh, it, it popped up. I watched the whole thing. It was <laughs> it's awesome. well done. Yeah, it, it was, was right, wonderful. It was right before my parents sold the house. I think we went back oh, and we okay. recreated it. Nice. Yeah. But it was you, you had your hairbrush, hairbrush all the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so find that somewhere <laughs> online if you want some entertainment. I'll share it on our socials. Oh, and she she sold it big time. You 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 went for it. It was great. <laughs> well, you know what? My brother filmed it for me, so I was like, I you know there was no embarrassment or anything. Well, he was. <laughs> I just went for it. Uh, mine be Alex forty seven in the last birthday today. Casey's daughter Casey is seventeen. Oh! Seventeen years old today. Wow, it's unbelievable. And now driving. Yep, she got her license a couple of weeks ago. A little scary, but she passed. Uh, and you know what? We don't have to spend a whole lot of time because she's not. She's gonna start listening until seven o'clock Aww. on her drive into school. Do you get a little these little monumental moments in in your child's life? Do you get a little teary with each one of them? I do. I do. Yeah. And uh, with her especially, she has had an amazing. Like three weeks of the last three weeks of her life, and I'll announce this now. But uh, so uh, she goes to Mary and Mercy Academy. They uh, just had auditions for their spring musical, James and the Giant Peach. She got the part of James. Wow! Yeah, wow! Yeah. The so, lead, the lead. So not That's only awesome. that, but she also got her license. Uh, she was named to the National Honor Society. And she, in a couple of weeks, is going to be the mainline student of the week. Like, That's yeah, awesome. she's just and having. She's, she's a she, sweet child. Right? She is yeah. a sweet. So I'm pretty sure she's Good not kid. mine. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's my wife's and whoever she ended up. You Gary know, Lowers. like, there's no. <laughs> probably Gary Lowers. <laughs> I'm so proud of her. Um, she, she takes after her mother. She recently she did me a favor on Friday, and I thought it was like the night. I mean, I know she's a sweet child anyway, but. I that was, was my other daughter, who's also a sweet child. Yeah, Avery was the one who was looking for the end table for you. Oh, it was Avery? It was Avery, what? yeah. No, but Diane said that they she left them to go and drive. Yeah. Uh, no, she, Diane left her at the store, that her and her girl, because she was off on school on oh, Friday. Oh, all right, okay, okay. Yeah. Got it. Either way. Okay, sorry. It all worked out. <laughs> it all worked out. Thank you. They're both sweet kids. kids both, yeah. Both the daughters. Yeah. And then they're Seamus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. Seamus <laughs> is, he is the best. He's yours. <laughs> Yeah. My uh, creation. So happy, I built it. Happy birthday to all those. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the super question this morning. Uh, the National Lampoon Christmas Vacation of film. Clark invents a non-nutritive cereal varnish named what? 215-263-WMMR. Hey there, Amy. How you doing? Hey, what's up? I just watched it last night. Oh! Therefore, you know the answer is what? The Crunch Enhancer. The Crunch Enhancer. That is correct. Yes. Hang on, Amy. We got you. Going to set you up with a pair of tickets to see Bush. They're performing with special guest Candlebox Friday, February 17th at the Ovation Hall at Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City. Tickets are on sale now. And you can text concerts to 39333 for a link. 
Uh, back to our concert calendar with more information. They're, they're showing Christmas Vacation every day. Yeah. Like a couple times a day. Yep, I've seen and it a couple times. A Christmas Story is on TBS constantly. I'm like... Mm-hmm. Well, isn't it kind of, don't you do your marathon? Right. Don't you kind of deflate the seat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll still, uh, we'll still, still I'll tune in. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, so uh, speaking of movies, uh, Black Panther was number one, Wakanda Forever. Uh, again, it made $11.1 million, followed by Violent Night. Then you have Strange World, The Menu, Devotion, Black Adam. Uh, the Fable Men's at number seven, followed by Met, Opera, The Hours. I heard the bells and spoiler alert. Violent Night is making a lot of money because its budget wasn't that big to begin with. So it's doing very well. Good. Happy about that. It looks like a fun movie. I got to see that. Uh, So uh, on Thursday from last week, Trevor Noah said goodbye to The Daily Show during his final episode. He hosted the show for seven years after taking over for Jon Stewart in 2015. He had said, I am grateful to you, every single one of you. Uh, And I remember when we started the show, uh, we couldn't get enough people to fill the audience. And I look now at this, and I don't take it for granted ever. The comedian got especially emotional. As he gave a special uh, shout-out to black women and thank them for sharing who, uh, shaping who he is today. He said, I often, I've often uh, been credited with having these grand ideas, and I'm like, who do you think teaches me? Who do you think has shaped me, nourished me, and formed me? Well, from my mom, my grandma, my aunts, he said. Uh, I'll tell you now, do yourself a favor. If you truly want uh, to know what to do or how to do it or maybe the best way or the most equitable way, talk to black women, he said. Uh, they are uh, a lot of the reason I am here. I am grateful to them, and I'm grateful to every single one of you. It's been an honor. So he has sailed off into the sunset as far as the Daily Show goes. Do comedy touring now, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Octavia Spencer openly wept as she was honored with her very own star on Hollywood's <laughs> famous Walk of Fame. Uh, the American actress... Uh, won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in 2012, became emotionally overwhelmed by the occasion more than once. And at one point, she could be seen dabbing her tears with a tissue while accompanied by her spirited co-star, Will Ferrell. She's she's great. She is yeah. really... Uh, I don't think I've ever seen her turn in a bad performance, even in a, even in a movie that may not be all that good. Yeah. Um, she's always great. Yeah. Octavia's co-stars from The Help which uh, she received her Oscar nomination. Viola Davis and Allison Janney were also in attendance. The trio shared a big hug on stage before Octavia gave a speech to thank those who had turned out to see her big moment. At first, she joked about needing a little assistance with reading her speech. Uh, She said, I'm at this stage in life, guys. I need my glasses. Uh, And she said, Will and Allison, thank you so much, Will. I have loved you my whole life. And Allison, you know our friendship Mm. means the world to me. You know, it's also there, Pulsar, the robot from Rocky IV. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there was a a heckler there, uh, and I was reading about it this morning. Yeah, Yeah. he was saying, hey, great for, you know, rich people to celebrate each other or something like that. But Will Ferrell... Uh, had uh, quipped back, and he was great. He's like, hey, he's like, this is Octavia's moment. And he's like, and he goes, so they're in Hollywood. He goes, the Wax Museum is right down there, and it's <laughs> wide open. So head on down that way. Uh, and he just shut him down right away. Uh, the help became a breakout moment for Octavia, who has accrued more than 36 film credits in the last decade. Uh, she rose to further prominence uh, by starring in Hidden Figures in 2006. What was that horror movie case? Uh, was it Ma? Oh, was that the Ma. name? Of it? Yeah, yeah. She, she plays a really um, sociopathic uh, woman in that movie, and, and she chews up the scenery. She's great. Nice. Uh, so this was odd. Uh, Philadelphia's own Patti LaBelle was rushed off stage Saturday night in Milwaukee uh, due to a bomb threat. 
Milwaukee police said that the bomb threat forced the evacuation of the Riverside Theater during the legendary Soul Singers concert. There's a video that's posted on social media, and LaBelle can be heard telling security to wait before they quickly walk her off. And I think think we have a little clip yes. uh, from this. Yes, you can hear the confusion. Was that sent over? No. Okay. No, but uh, I do have uh, this amazing fart sound effect. Okay, great. Sounds very tense. It yeah. does. Yeah. It sounds like... And she uh, sounds like she's confused. Yeah. Uh, LaBelle, who was not injured, and uh, neither was anyone else. Uh, well, she wasn't injured, not who was not injured. Do we have, have, we have uh, any determination as to whether the bomb threat was against Patty LaBelle or the venue or whatever? I saw very little yeah. on this. They said the theater was searched by canine units, units and no explosive de- devices were found, and the concert was postponed, and I haven't seen any follow-up other than just those uh, minor details. I'd heard that the bomber got confused and was actually looking to blow up the Pointer Sisters. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, it was enough for them to, to stop her mid-performance and yeah. say, hey, huh. now. Like, like, move this along right now. We're your new pips. She oh, didn't want to. Yeah. Like, she drops her bag, and yeah. they run her off immediately, so... <laughs> you have to. Yeah. You have a bomb threat in the building. You don't know where it is. All right, so we have that clip now. Yeah. Here we go. So they get her out of there. Obviously, the crowd didn't know what the hell was going on. So. I think when you have, and she's she's great in concert, apparently. She's awesome. But um, in those cases, you should have a device like in um, Running Man, where they can step into that little, like a little capsule and go down. And just shoot, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. shoot you off into some other part. Yeah. Uh, well, this is good news. Ben Margera is, uh, well, he was reportedly hospitalized last week in San Diego due to COVID-19 complications. We hit on this last week, but... Uh, he's being treated, uh, he was being treated in the ICU for pneumonia, and TMZ has reported the doctors had him on a ventilator. But on Saturday, uh, he shared a photo of himself with a friend on Instagram and wrote, I'm out. Thank you to my friends, family, uh, and the love and support and prayers. Uh, he had captioned the post, and this comes after he made headlines in June and September for trying to escape mobile yeah. rehab centers. But um, he apparently is out of there. He was in stable condition when they had him on the vent, but... Um, Apparently, he's doing well enough to get out of there and go cool. back to wherever he is hanging. That's good. Days, yeah. So. We, I mean, you, you, we had Steve Owen a little while ago. Yeah. And everyone's pulling for him. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, in response to some of the criticism that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have been receiving for the new Netflix docuseries, Harry and Meghan, uh, a representative for the couple released a statement to Entertainment Tonight claiming that the Duke and Duchess have never cited privacy as the reason for stepping back from the royal family. Uh, the statement continued saying this distorted narrative was intended to trap the couple into silence. In fact, their statement announcing the decision to step back mentions nothing of privacy and reiterates their desire to continue their roles and public duties. Uh, any suggestion otherwise speaks to a key point of this series. I guess people were outspoken that, listen, if you want a private life, why are you doing this type right. of thing? They're saying they don't want a private life. They're saying it's not a private life. They want life. to around with Oprah and all that stuff. They wanted to be out of the royal family. Mm. Is mainly did what I, they did you guys watch any of it? I did not. Did you check it out? No, I, I watched the preview. <clears throat> it's on my list to watch. Um, so I, I definitely want to Six episodes. It, I, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah so Kath, it, I have zero interest in the royal family. Uh, in fact, it's almost you, That's like, always been your stand. Yeah, it, it almost like borders on like I hate them. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, and this I'm actually more interested in than anything else. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this was fun to see this morning. Lady Gaga is the latest celebrity to recreate Jenna Ortega's beloved dance scene from the series Wednesday. Uh, according to Pop Sugar Ortega, choreographed the moves herself, uh, had COVID-19 when she filmed the scene, but in a video posted to TikTok on Thursday, Gaga, dressed in the style of Wednesday, Adams, even uh, putting her hair into braided pigtails, uh, and then performed the dance. Uh, one fan commented, if I was Janet Ortega, I'd be losing it right now. Totally um, losing it. So. OMG. Well, imagine. Yeah, Lady yeah. Gaga did a parody of your video. You're a young actress. I think that's pretty what, cool. You know what's happened is they've actually taken one of uh, Gaga's songs and they have sped it up so it synchronizes nice. with Jenna Ortega's dance. So now, since that's happened... The song is charting again. Sure. It's an older song. Wow. And now it's like through the roof. Yep. Yep. Uh, Josh Lucas, the actor, uh, revealed to Extra in a recent interview that he turned down an offer to have his nose look like Kevin Costner's nose. <laughs> so earlier this year, he said, I got a, uh, a, a wood splitter <laughs> and one of the pieces of oak exploded and hit me so badly in the face uh, that it busted my nose, and I had to have complete reconstructive surgery oh, wow. on my nose. Isn't he on Yellowstone? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, or is he? Wait, who? Josh Lucas? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, he he's on there. The yes, yeah, he yeah. is on there. Uh, so he said, I had to have it rebuilt. And so he said, I went to the plastic surgeon, and oh, he yeah, showed yeah. me photographs of myself and photographs of Kevin Costner. He showed me Kevin's nose on my face and said, we can give you Kevin's nose. <laughs> And the Sweet Home Alabama actor replied, no, I don't want Kevin's nose. I want my nose. As a, as a TV viewer, I hate when characters in a series both have the same nose. I find it very confusing. Uh, I won't uh-huh. tune in. Yeah. Well, he, okay, so he plays the younger version of Kevin Costner in the oh, show. So oh, so therefore, oh, yeah. it would work out. Would work. Well, maybe they could reconstruct okay. his whole face. Uh, I love that guy. He's been in so many great movies. He's, but he, And then what he started to do, he was the hero in the love interest, and then yeah. he poured it over to the prick. And yep. he does a really good job, like in Ford versus uh, Ferrari. Yes. He's excellent. Oh, he's yeah. wonderful in that. And uh, he was also, because we were talking about Jennifer Connelly, he's in... Um, Hulk. Uh, no. Or is he in Hulk? Yeah. He is, okay. yeah. But he's also in... Uh, he's in A Beautiful Mind. He's kind yes, of the, that's right. He's the adversary against uh, John Nash. Right, right. That, which is pretty cool. Uh, this is a weird story. Uh, the producer... Uh, behind one of the Bill and Ted movies, is now accused of participating in a heist to steal more a million dollars in cash and property. Whoa. <gasps> Raymond Boudreau uh, from New York City and Jacqueline Jewett of Connecticut were arrested and charged with first-degree grand larceny, two counts of second-degree burglary, and fourth-degree conspiracy. Uh, Mr. Uh, Boudreau is listed as CEO of Living the Dream Films, which produced Bill and Ted Face the Music, the sequel to the time-traveling comedy franchise. The burglary occurred in September at a woman's home in Sag Harbor, actually two different homes in Sag Harbor in Manhattan. Wow. Uh, Miss Jewett and Mr. Boudreau... Paul McCartney has ass out there. ...were in an on-again, off-again relationship and reportedly planned to heist one of Miss Jewett's... Uh, or, or planned the heist once Miss Jewett learned the victim's home would be empty. She reportedly received uh, the addresses, travel dates, and other personal information uh, through the victim's boyfriend, who was also Miss Jewett's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, it's really crazy. Yep, so the house would, had been ransacked and multiple safes were compromised. Whoa! The electricity was shut off to disable whatever surveillance cameras uh, there might have been, uh, and the would-be heist crew managed to make off with more than a million bucks 
and then they were caught. Wow. Uh, wow. I'm sorry. How did they get caught? I don't know. Okay. Police managed to locate a truck that was allegedly used in the heist by the duo and found that it was owned by Mr. Boudreaux. Uh, based on that evidence, the pair were indicted by a grand jury on December 2nd. So it had to do with you know, circumstantial evidence that they found uh, the crime outside. scene and, and tied them to this. Wow. There's him on the security cam. He starts outside in air guitars. <laughs> yep. Yep. So they knew it was him. Uh, Helen Slater Hughes passed away, a veteran actor of both stage and screen. She was best known to modern audiences for her numerous appearances on Parks and Recreation, where she played Ethel Beavers. Yes. Uh, Pawnee's resident court stenographer and hard-drinking, hard-partying <laughs> agent of chaos. Very funny. Um, according to Yahoo Entertainment, Slayton Hughes was a longtime stage actor with more than 200 roles to her name. Although she began working in film and TV in the 1980s, scoring one or two episode appearances in shows ranging from Nash Bridges to Power Rangers to Arrested Development, she got her first big exposure in 2011 in Parks and Rec Caster is Ethel in a small part in a third season episode, a fairly standard riff on the blunt, funny old lady type. The character was quite obviously elevated by Slayton Hughes' performance, impressing all involved enough to bring her back for a much more regular role the next season as the court stenographer. You know, it's weird because The Office um, is phenomenal and it has, but uh, you know, obviously a massive fan base. I, I think Parks and Rec is is due for that same sort of acknowledgement because... It also has a great uh, um, team. You know, the uh, the cast is amazing and the writing is super sharp. And it's a lot of the same people worked on both. All told, Slayton Hughes appeared in uh, 11 episodes of the series, including a memorable moment in which she kissed a surprised cameo Bill Murray on the forehead. Uh, so sad news that she had passed when she was 92 years old. Terrence Howard has declared he's retired from acting. Huh? Again. <laughs> The Empire Star says that he's decided to step away from TV and movie industry two years ago and that he's now definitely done after concluding work on his latest small screen project, The Best Man, The Final Chapters, insisting there are better actors out there who can take over for him. Isn't he rocking the world of mathematics? Yeah, he had said that... uh, Oh, that's right. What was it, that one actually equals two? Or oh, some, yeah, he's, something he's, weird yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, he's hard at work at that. It's almost that. like that scene in Revenge of the Nerds 2 <laughs> when Ogre realizes what it or he 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 throws it out there that what if CAT actually spells dog. <laughs> so so it's along the lines of that. Uh, uh, actually, he is working with Ogre at uh, his institute. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah, because it has something to do with like how can one times one equal one, but right. one plus one. Is two. two right? It's something like that. Uh-huh. That revolutionary <laughs> that never people never consider. So he had said he told the online, uh, "This is the end for me." Uh, and he said, "I don't know if it's the end for the rest of them." I retired two years ago. For the most part, I was done. I asked Sidney Poitier ten years ago, "Does he want to do any more work?" And he said, "Leave me alone." <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> How did you get my number? No, he said, why would I spend the last 10 years, my last 10 years, doing an impersonation of myself? And that's what I've gotten to. Uh, He went on to add, I've gotten to the point where now I've given the very best that I can as an actor. And now I'm enjoying watching other new talent come around. And I don't want to do an impersonation of myself. He said, yes, there are better actors out there that, that can do things that I was never able to do. So I want to applaud them and I want to be excited about what they do. Uh, The actor made similar comments two years ago. Uh, when he uh, his hit series Empire came to an end, but he eventually went back to work 
uh, at that time. Remember well. when Katherine Heigl did this? Oh my God! Of, yeah, yeah. Like it's kind of like that. Okay, you then then do it. Then shut up. Stop announcing right. it again and yeah. go ahead. Actually, quit. You can actually. It's like when people I'm I'm I'm, I'm leaving this or I'm yeah. and they they don't even and remotely do it. Yeah. Uh, and now Catherine Heigl, she's on a new series now, isn't she? She's yeah, on the Firefly Chalk. Firefly yeah. Lane, which right. I watched. I finished over the is weekend. Is she good on it? She is good on it, and it's a really good show. And they did an awesome job at a cliffhanger this season. Uh-huh. you should also you should probably leave uh, your retirement statement open ended and go look. I, I'm done for now. I, the bug may get me again later. We're taking on, a break a few years from now, but as yeah. of now, I'm pretty much done. But you never know. Down the road, I might change my mind. Wait, Steve, real quick, back to Catherine Heigl. The only thing that's really difficult yeah. to watch is uh, so they flash back to the '80s for like half of the show, oh, yeah? and she is so. Botoxed and like stretched. It doesn't look skin right. Yeah, like didn't look like that. <laughs> no, no, it was a little bit more natural back then. Yeah. She screwed up because after they did the movie Knocked Up, which actually put her yeah really into a higher level, uh, then she started trash talking the movie. Right, and Judd Apatow, Seth Rogen, all right. those people were behind it, and they were totally supportive. And she was like crapping all over them, and that right. was that. Yeah. Right. Uh, we have some audio to play of Kate Winslet telling a story of when she was a younger actress and how she almost had a an accident, like the worst kind of accident yes. oh, no. on stage. Here we go. So I lie there and I, I have to lie on this bed and I would lie like this, really kind of uncomfortably and awkwardly, and I'm lying there and suddenly... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening, it's happening. By the way, she was almost naked for this scene. Yes. And she, it's a bed scene, and she's lying in it, and she almost craps her pants. <laughs> or, no, she wasn't wearing pants. Yeah. yeah. I'm lying on a white sheet, <laughs> naked on the stage. Okay? So I think I've actually, I'm convinced I've totally <laughs> myself on a <laughs> Because in a minute I have to stand up, and I'm like, I've done a poo. <laughs> I've done a poo. This is how she's handled it. Uh... So I try and scrunkle up this sheet as best I can. I do this kind of, some kind of sort of ninja flip move. I twist myself and I bind this sheet all around myself, and I'm still thinking, ah, happening, happening, coming. Up. And I'm absolutely just convinced that if I move my body, there's going to be poo. <laughs> I practically slither off this stage and I hide in a corner thinking, I've got to check this sheet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I had not actually done a poo, <laughs> but the second I got into my dressing room and I ran into that bathroom, oh. gunfire. <laughs> so this is the Graham Norton show, which I love. They do, um, they'll do f- the, 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 this full panel thing, Preston, with yeah. like five or six celebrities out there mm-hmm. and they just have conversations. And because... There's a whole bunch of people there. They're a lot more comfortable like, to talk about crapping themselves. I love how she says, pay. I hadn't done a pay. We need to isolate that with, um, what was the other one? He farted in my face. in my face. We could do a whole segment, say, British, uh, British toilet humor. He farted in my face. Let's see. What else do I want? We're kind of running out of time. I, I, I'm Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. because Very excited to see this, if this indeed is the case. Mike Flanagan is getting his wish. The series adaptation mastermind behind The Haunting of Hill, Heis, Hill House, uh, The Midnight Club, and others said last month his dream project would be to adapt Stephen King's The Dark Tower series. And now, apparently, he's doing that. In an interview with Deadline, Flanagan and his producing partner, Trevor uh, Macy, broke the news 
that they have the rights to the series and are developing it themselves outside of their current deal with Amazon. Flanagan said that if you know anything about me, you know it's been my holy grail of a project for most of my life. And it's not um, Flanagan's first Stephen King redo. He uh, directed... Two feature film King adaptations. He directed Dr. Sleep. Which is good. Which is a great movie. And Gerald's Game. So I was happy to see that. Uh, His connection to King means that uh, Flanagan has talked to the writer about the adaptation. As he told Deadline, this is happening. Uh, This happened because I sent him a very, very detailed outline of what I wanted to do with it. And it was in the response that... Uh, he gave us the right. So he's excellent, by the way. He envisions uh, the adaptation, and this is the only way you can do it. He says it would be at least five seasons long, whoa, and would be followed by two movies. It's um, how many books is it? I think it's eight books. Oh, okay. And they get bigger as they go along. The first books like you know three hundred fifty pages. By the time you get to the last one, it's like nine hundred pages. So that's what makes the whole idea of the, the the theatrical movie that they did, which I think is. Pretty decent. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm not, I have not read any of this material. But keying off what you've been telling me over the years, how elaborate the story is. I'm That's like, it. And not only that, it was a pretty short movie. It's yeah. not like it ran that long. Yeah. This is. It's a huge, long story. And if they do the multi-season treatment. They could get it right. I'm really excited about it. You need to watch Storm of the Century. I already did. You did? I watched it two What'd weeks you think? ago. Yes. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to talk about yes. that. <laughs> uh, so, one other quick thing. Um, and yesterday, or Saturday, uh, Joker director Todd Phillips shared a first look of Joaquin Phoenix in Joker Folly de, uh, Folly Adieu. Uh, to Instagram. It just shows him lying back getting his face shaved at Arkham Asylum. Uh, but it says, day one, our boy, hashtag Joker. So they're getting started on that. So he's going to be in the movie, and Harley Quinn is going to be Lady Gaga, correct? Yes. Yeah. And I. So the question is, and I don't know how this, and I don't think it can happen, it, the Batman of the Batman, Rob Pattinson, and the Joker... I don't see, I mean, even though they're similar tones. They're different, though, because they're different. If, if you remember at the end of uh, The Batman, oh, yeah. they had a Joker, and yes. that was that's not, not Joaquin. Joaquin. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see what they do with the Batman Maybe that's Joker line. Jr., his son. Oh, if they yeah. can thread that through or not. <laughs> All right, we're ready for clips. A romance develops in a beautiful old cinema on the south coast of England in the 1980s in Empire of Light. And in this clip, clip uh, star Olivia Coleman talks about her experience with cinematographer Roger Deakins. Here we go. Although also, I trust him to not make me look amazing when I'm meant to look horrendous. Because he's, he's, he, nev- he never fails to be anything other than totally honest. And he's there for... For the story, for what it's meant to look like. Farted in my face. <laughs> Empire of Light is out in theaters now. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one. In Adina Menzel, Which Way to the Stage, we follow Adina Menzel's path to realizing a lifelong dream. Headlining a concert at Madison Square Garden in her hometown of New York City. Uh, here, Adina explains why she chose to make this film. For better or for worse, gift or curse, I feel like I'm my best when I'm the most vulnerable. And um, I feel like as a performer, in order to really connect with your audience, the best is when, you, when you, you're raw and you, you're willing to uh, leave something out there. Oh, shut up, woman. <laughs> Adina Menzel. Which rated stage is out now on Disney Plus if you would like to see that. We like her. We talked to her and her sister. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. 
That's the entertainment yeah. report. Nice, chunky Woo. entertainment report for this Monday morning. Uh, we start the week anew, dear friends. And what I would like to do is get things off in an excited fashion. I'm excited. And give away some Christmas miracles. It's a Christmas miracle! Mm-hmm. Yeah! Alright, this event is a week from this Wednesday. So next Wednesday, the 21st, we're going to be at Parks Casino. And if you are a lifelong fan of the President Steve Show, you know a thing or two about this program, let's invite you to this. Uh, we'll take callers 14 and 15, 215-263-WMMR. Here's requirements. Got to be at least 21. You have to be there next Wednesday. You got to be there earlier around 6 a.m. Uh, to get you checked in. And that's it. You can bring a friend with you, yet only your name will go in for the drawing to get up and be a part uh, out of our contest at the podium for the big prizes, but we have other chances to win some goodies for everybody who's in attendance. In fact, it's the Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Edition, so make sure that you en- you wear your ugly sweaters because you might win a prize that way, too. Uh, so let's get those callers. And by the way, you can text Miracle to 39333 for some details and enter online as well. There's pre-parties coming up, too. Yes, yes. So make sure that you are part of that. Let's take a break. Come back in just a moment. Uh, we'll return on this Monday in just a little bit, so hang in there. Smashing pumpkins. Bowl beat. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. This article last week, very interesting. I never really considered um, this particular vocation and what all is involved in it. And yeah. there was supposed to be a, I think there was supposed to be a vote or something last week. I didn't do the, the follow-up on this yet. Yeah, but there, was, there was a vote on on seeing if they could, well, you, you talk about it. Well. Yeah, operators, crane operators. All right, so the guys that, that and women that climb up into that little box. Yep. Way the hell up in the 20 air. 20 stories up. Yep. Uh, so they have an interesting... Uh, workday. So a crane operator was asking at city council and asking the members to imagine themselves and in quote said stuck in this little four by six area for eight hours in which you have to urinate, defecate in what? bottles and buckets, eat in that space and then carry your excrement to the ground with you. Oh, dear. No. Yes. Did you did you realize any of you that that was an aspect of the. No. I for sure thought 
Oh, well, they simply leave the um, that that container, mm-hmm. that cockpit, if you will, and do their business. Apparently not. So there's a reason behind that, too, which is kind of interesting. And I'll, I'll go through this story and explain it. So Dan, it's probably because it's funny to watch them carry their poop down. Maybe it's. Yeah. No, but uh, Dan Mitchell, a member of the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 542, uh, explained that, un- that unpleasant scenario is one that uh, tower crane operators live through during each shift at construction sites across Philadelphia. Council is considering legislation, and this is the interesting part, that would require supervisors to give uh, tower crane operators breaks of at least 30 minutes every four hours. Uh, Supervisors also would have to allow operators to leave the crane for restroom breaks at any time. Currently, breaks are allowed... Uh, but they are not required, and most operators stay in their crane for the majority of their shifts. So that's Do, by their choice? No. So, well, I, I, I'm not sure. So during breaks, supervisors would be allowed to assign another operator to continue working the crane, according to the bill, which council members moved out of committee last week to be considered uh, by the full council. How the requirements would be enforced is an open question, and the building industry raised concerns that requiring operators to climb up and down hundreds of steps multiple times per shift presents its own safety hazards. So if they require, if they make you do it, you could be putting them at risk. You you have to climb up yeah. and down essentially a ladder. Right, right. That's how they get That's up there. That's how they get. It's, well, yeah. it doesn't get brought down. Yeah, I guess it doesn't get. That's brought the only down. way to do it. You and, have and, to climb up there. So they're saying if you're requiring them to climb up and down a few times a shift, that is added danger to it. So it's like I think I have a solution. What? So what you do is you climb down just a couple of steps, and below that you have like a big uh, child's waiting pool. Oh, okay. and you and aim they, for that. And you can. Crap down and oh, piss that makes it yeah, fun. aim for that. Right? Yeah, it's, it's a like game. a game. It's yeah. like a game. It's, okay. it's like a game. In fact, they wow. can put point systems like right. a target in circles. And right. if you make uh-huh. it in there, duck hunt. You get, um, you know, you get like a Wawa gift card yeah. or something uh-huh. like that for the best score. I've got good news. You got the gift card. That'd be great. All right, let's come back to reality. <laughs> you don't see any merit to that? I could, I mean, listen, them urinating up there in a bottle or like whatever, I could see that. But yeah. honestly, if they really had to go to the bathroom, that's <laughs> awful. They then have to sit up there with it. Kathy, that's, that's my example. I, I don't care. And listen, you know, we've all had less than pleasant experiences in the bathroom. Could you imagine that that's now your buddy for the next for the five de- or six hours? Right? Like, what if you have to go in the morning yeah. and then you're up there all d- Oh, my God. These poor guys. By the way, somebody texted in and says, uh, crane up here. Uh, it can take 30 to 40 minutes to climb up or down. Okay. Is so that long? So what... <laughs> Dude, that's somebody taking a yeah. huge dump yeah. Yeah. off the side of the crane. You won! Yeah. yeah. I, my wow. question is this. And if a crane, if a crane operator or somebody who's familiar with this, uh, can they can they place something? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm not a crane oh, like, guy. Place what? Something up at a certain level. They could like leave and go to the bathroom. Or like a like a, like a well secured porta pot. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. You know, uh, it's only fifty feet below yeah. you or something like something that. They don't like raise that? it up as yeah. high. So yeah. uh, after uh, spending no. a, a week in a car with Jackie Bam Bam, I found out that he, he he's very very much um, lives his life and and worries about. Bowel movements, right. okay? So so he won't, like, eat at certain times because he doesn't... Like, he wouldn't eat when we were driving because he was so worried that he was going to have to go to the bathroom. I was like, dude, if you have to go to the bathroom, we will pull over. Right. And we we're will not find, animals. Yeah, we will find a toilet for yeah. you to go stinkies in, right. you know? But he, he was talking about it. He was... He's like, next time you talk to 
uh, like whatever musical artist, ask them. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> what do they do? When do you when you like do you eat like do you not eat before show so that like you don't have to go poop when you're like on the show on the stage performing? So he's really wrapped up in this. He really uh, is. He really. But I, you know, and then I never thought of it though. I'm like, yeah, like these artists, whether you're a stand-up comedian or, or a musician, yeah, you got a couple hours that yeah. you have to. You have to make sure that you don't have you don't have to do that while mm-hmm. you're up on stage performing. You mm-hmm. know, when all that construction was taking place in Conshohocken, there was a huge crane that was there, and uh, it actually got named. It had uh, social media. There <laughs> oh, was, really? Yeah, there, there were T-shirts made for the Conchi crane. Okay. <laughs> so would, would you see the dude up there operating it? Uh, I mean, the... yeah, you'd see yeah. it moving. You see them them working. I don't know exactly Here's... who it was, and if he ran all the social media for the crane page but here's my question you're up on display you know you're you're visible we were looking at a video of one of the guys in the thing it's there it's clear below it's clear all around how comfortable would you be taking a dump I know. Up on a perch, up, I mean, you know, on the skyline. I mean, I guess nobody would let, see you but so would, would, telescope or, binoculars why not Preston, look at look at the screen. This was the the uh, Conchi crane. Okay, <laughs> the I love that. Page. All right, and when was this? Uh, when they did all that construction, like when, when they built the um that the new hotel, new building, Weston, yeah. Maine, right. and uh, the ladder. A couple years ago, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And are these still popular? Or um, I think I think <laughs> the they might they might still be available. Makes I don't a great know. Christmas present. All right. I don't know what who this is from, but it says, uh, dude, it's not uncommon for us to crap in a hole in the woods. We carry toilet paper with us. I don't know. What are you doing? Is what, that from I, Bill? I, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We crap in a hole in the woods? Oh, oh. Uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> He's got to go I, real bad. I got to take a big one. <laughs> I don't know what you do for a living. It would be nice to know what you're referring to. Um, so, What if the crane isn't in the woods, Preston? <laughs> yeah. Dude, how much do crane oper- operators make? They, they I make, hope they make a lot. Well, they people make it, are chasing yeah. and saying they make they make a hundred plus dollars an hour. Um, now I don't know if that's true, and some people are saying, "Hey, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, go ahead and crap in your own spot right there. You're making a hundred dollars an hour or whatever." But. Well, it, it, so here's the thing: we don't quite know how this breaks. Are, would the majority of crane operators prefer to just stay in the container? I mean, well, how does OSHA reconcile so, all this? So that's the question. Um, so the um, uh, Von Buckley, chief executive officer of the volumetric building companies, said the association is in full support of anything that enhances worker safety, but objects to the bill's language requiring okay. instead of allowing breaks. At a minimum, the legislation, he says, would require them to ascend and descend six times on a 10-hour shift. He said this is a combined ascent and descent of 1,800 feet and nearly 3,000 rungs on a ladder. Well, that, that, then that, I can see why that's problematic. I'm just amazed that they they can't, I don't think my concept is too bizarre that you, with another crane or something, affix a platform or something that would allow them to, outside of that cockpit, go poop, you know? I don't know. You would think they would have done it by now. Yeah, right. if, if that capability was there, right? Or at least my game, my concept of the children's waiting pool. We talk about poop, but like you know, uh, it, it's also pee, and you do that way right. more. You do, you're, you know, you're yeah. peeing way more than you're pooping. I think so, but peeing into like a Gatorade container that you could, you know, uh, I know. But like, could you on. imagine if that require if you, you know, you were required to pee in a Gatorade bottle? Yeah, like on the daily. Well, uh, I mean, th- that's not as bad as having to take a full, dump, a full dump. on, seriously. A rager <laughs> where you're flipping out and hitting all the th- the levers and everything. <laughs> 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 you take down 
<laughs> the top third of a building. Yes. Oh. You, you're flailing around. This giant, this wrecking ball just comes flying around the corner. <laughs> What about the women? Like, even just to urinate in, like, a small little... That's... It's not as it's easy harder. for... It is. Yeah, it's got to be much harder I for had to you give, guys. I had to give a urine sample, and I peed, all over, peed all over my hand. I was like, well, I can't do this. Can't we, control it. No. Yeah. yeah. That's that's extra. And there are female crane operators. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, this it says requiring operators to ascend and descend more often exposes them to physical stressors that could violate national safety protocols. I didn't even and, think of that. Yeah, could endanger workers forced to leave their cranes uh, in inclement weather as well. Uh, the requirement exposes the operators and the owners to a terrible choice. Uh, they said they can either follow the law or they can enhance operator safety. In some cases, it will not be possible to do both. So, they've got to figure out... Uh, uh, some middle ground. Well, you, you remember the footage of the crane operator who saw the um, the uh, tornado, tornado headed yeah. his way yeah. and yeah. actually he... recorded a message to his wife and kids. Oh, my yeah. God. Kids yeah. in case. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go to Mike here. Uh, hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Hi, but... Mike. So, uh, Mike, what kind of work do you do? So, I do construction. I uh, do a lot of residential work in, the, uh, in and around the city of Philadelphia. All right. And, uh, and uh, so you're not a crane operator, but uh, you, can nah. you share some of this uh, similar uh, issues? So, yeah, so big issue with construction in the city is porta potties are no no. So you, you got to find somewhere to go, and you got to go. You can't just walk into any store. So I come prepared with a little five gallon bucket. You can yeah. go to Walmart, get a little toilet seat lid attachment for it with a little toilet paper roll attachment. It's and adorable. Can, yeah, you can get a to- you can yes. get a, a a toilet seat attachment for a bucket. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. It's like fifteen bucks at uh, Walmart. Yeah, okay. I mean that's kind of what we did in the Grand Canyon. We basically crapped in a box with a toilet seat on it. You ever yeah. seen the ones you can yeah, actually flowers. attach to a trailer hitch? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I would. I don't um, either. Given you're given that, or you can use a porta potty that. Someone might have put needles in the the toilet paper roll or what? So so when you say so, let me ask you: when you say, Mike, one second. When you say porta potties are a no no, is is that what you're making reference to? Is that they're they're unsafe? They're uh, when you're in Kensington, I wouldn't go. You can't even get within twenty feet of a porta potty. All right, lose your nose. All right, okay, man. I'd see. I don't know what what I opt to do the the bucket and the seat. Um, Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Hmm. We use those at tailgates all the time. uh, What's that? The bucket with the seat on top of it. Yeah, because you have those. uh, It's like a pop-up tent that Mm -hmm. you throw around the bucket. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. What's the privacy element to this? Because I would love to see someone sitting on a trailer hitch taking a dump. While it's it's moving. While it's moving. (laughs) Feed the air. That'd be the best. We were at the Eagles team. (laughs) Last seatbelt on it. Last week, and we were joking about because it is. It's just a little tent that you kind of put, put over a bucket. So you could easily go over and just pick it, just up, pick it up. Take it yeah, off. I would yeah. love to do that to somebody. That'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, hang on a second here. We have someone who used to be a tower crane operator to Sean. Hey, Sean, good morning. Good morning, it Presbo. Good morning, it, my man. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing good. All How right, you so doing you, we're doing great. You used to do this for a living? 
I'm still an operator. I don't go up in the tower cranes anymore. I'm almost 60 years old. I can't climb up and down. I could, but I'm not going to do it. Okay, so crane. I, uh, number one, call me, uh, you know, an idiot, but I, I didn't realize that you guys had to climb up and down every single time from the ground all the way up to those things. Every single time, every single day, you got to start at the first rung and make your way all the way up. Usually that guy was right. It usually takes about, if you're in a tower crane, it usually takes about 30 to 45 minutes. To Dear God. So, Sean, Sean, so if we're talking inclement weather, if we're talking some misty conditions, if we're talking icy conditions, you're taking your life in your hands every time you go up and down that thing, correct? Well, it depends on in the morning what the weather conditions are going to be. Sometimes they won't even send you up. They won't have anybody up. Okay. On the weather. Um, if it's real, even if you have a light wind on the ground, if you're up 14, 15, 16 stories, you're going to have a heavy wind up there. You're going to feel it a lot more than you do. So it all depends on the weather. They don't want you climbing up there if it's going to be really nasty, heavy rains, heavy wind, that kind of stuff. Is there Are there safety harnesses on the way up or anything like that that you're hooking on to? Well, now, back in the day, no. Back, okay. you know. 70s, 80s, not, no. Now you have to have, it's big, big, big safety process. Do they have a safety harness to connect to your poop bucket? Yeah. Yeah, I take, I used to take a five-gallon bucket up there. That's what you do. You take a five-gallon bucket, you do everything you have to do, you wrap it up and bring it down with you at the end of the day. All right, hang hang on. Where where are you putting the bucket when you're climbing down? You have that attached to your waist or something? Because you're certainly not holding it in one hand. No, I have it attached to a belt, and it hooks on there, and you take it up. With no, you need both your hands climbing up. Yeah, yeah. so five gallon. Let's you, let's say you have a. a you got to bring it. Just attach it to a belt. Bucket, five gallon bucket, empties. Like you, it, it's fine. You just take that up. And I would it. let. Wow. I would put a huge uh, dumpster at the base of where that is and drop it. <laughs> and just drop it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So what, you do, what we used to do is we would climb down at the end of the day and just dump everything into a, a porta pot out of the bucket. That's All right, man, you're, that, you're, that's that's heroic level stuff. Uh, Sean, this may sound like a dumb question, but the uh, obviously it's difficult climbing up there. It's taking you 30 to 45 minutes, but what's taking so long? Are you stopping? Is it the difficulty level? Take a poop. Well, and now yeah. are they moving the harnesses? Like, what are you guys doing? Well, now it takes a little longer because all the safety, you have to have the harness on, clip and everything. But, yeah, it just takes a long time to get up there. If they're going a couple stories, you stop for a couple okay. minutes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Kathy, yes. think, about, think about, yeah, climbing 15, 20 stories up. Um, and, again, I mentioned this movie, movie last week called Fall about these girls who climb up one of those radio towers. Right. That's all you... You're just climbing. Climbing, and, and yeah. it takes forever. Sure. Hey, uh, Sean, real quick. I, this is probably a dumb question, but back in the day when you didn't have all these safety measures, uh, like just for fun, did you ever drop anything down? And by anything, I mean like a bag of poop or anything like that? Uh <laughs> No, 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 no. I, no. We don't joke. Even back in the day, yeah. we wouldn't pull around like that. Cause uh, even if it, if it hit somebody or hit something, no. Yeah, might be somebody you work with down there, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, no, we never took that chance. We never joked around up that high. Like yeah, you could lose your job. And could, but, I mean, so uh, when you were up in that in that cockpit, did you ever have a situation where uh, really horrific weather came your way and, and, and you were stuck up there? Uh, never got stuck up there. Well, we were told not to come down on it when it's windy and are trying to clear everything out of the way. And they don't want you to climb up and down, especially back, like I keep saying back in the day, yeah. climbing down without a harness and all that stuff. They'd rather keep you up there and take your chances wow. than climbing down. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's just the way it is. I like, would imagine, I yeah, the before, real danger is once you get out of that thing and get on the ladder. Yeah. yeah. 
it's more dangerous getting out and getting on a ladder. Anything outside of the cab is more dangerous than being inside the cab. I would imagine. Yeah. All right, Sean, I, I called I called you guys before, and I, Preston, I've invited you over to Jersey. If you ever wanted to get one of these things, come on over. I need to do that, dude. I don't know if I could handle the climb or not, though. I think I'd be too freaked out. Hey, Sean, could you no, carry no, no, Preston up on your back? No, 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 no. Not in a tower crane, in a regular crane. You oh. can't go up there without training. You can't go up top there. Okay, no. I believe it. All right. Well, listen, Sean, we got some other uh, crane ops on the line I want to go to, but thank you for your call, bud. We appreciate it. Thanks, Presbo. All right, we'll see you, man. <laughs> I don't, I'm, Pres, did you I'm have, on Presbo level, and yeah. I love it. Did you have any idea it was this elaborate? And no. I don't know why. It should have been obvious, but no. you just don't think that Well, way. that's why we're idiots. We look, we're like, oh, yes. look at the big crane. Yeah. Let's make T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hang on. Justine is a crane operator. Hi, Justine. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so uh, do you do one of these tower cranes, Justine? I'm not a crane operator. I'm just a heavy equipment operator. Oh, it says here you're a crane operator. But do you know a thing or two? Yes. Being a woman out here and trying to find a bathroom, I worked on the highway before, and I was about eight months pregnant. Oh, my God. And there was one bathroom about eight miles away from me. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) So what did you do? I didn't. It was a long day. Wow, man! I, uh, but physically, you could rupture something. You don't want to, you, you don't want your baby to have to tread urine if you're if you're not taking a whiz. No, he's fine. I'm back to work now. He's, uh, he's, all right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, be careful. Yeah, you gotta you've gotta make provisions. Thank you, Justine. I she appreciate it. She's not operate a crane, but she can do the crane kick press. Ah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would have stayed with Sean. I thought we had other yeah. crane operators we were going to go to because I also wanted to ask them about the money. Uh, yeah. And and is, is it, it worth it? Is is it that far advanced where it's worth taking a risk of? And listen, if you're not afraid of heights and you feel you're you're, you're confident, then then that's great. But that's a uh, <laughs> that is definitely a risk that you're taking. Talking about the height thing and and, and working at that you know at that altitude on a high rise, I couldn't do it. They have recently discovered the picture, and I believe it's true, of the photographer taking the picture of those guys having the lunch girder. at Rockefeller Center on the yeah. girder, the yeah. classic. Yeah. Yeah. And the photographer's standing there. Do you know, by the way, that that was a, uh, those weren't necessarily guys working out there. It was a staged photo. Yes, oh, and man. also, yeah, if the camera had it pulled out a little further, you would have seen that there was actually a, like about six feet down was Something a, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that was a safety that precaution. Yeah, yeah. They had other photos from that photo shoot, too, of like people out on uh, like a server bringing out food and stuff yeah. like that. It's I love that photo. It's one of my favorites, though. I'm looking at the, I just, you know, Googled it, but uh, the crane operator salary, and it's not anything crazy. I mean, it's there's a large... Are you talking about like the, like a, a high, one of the, those super high cockpit tower cranes? Tower yeah, crane? so, it, so it, it, it talks about, um, you know, obviously their skill and how much experience they have and all that, but it's not like anything, it's not anything crazy. There, there's okay. a large, uh, you know, between starting and, and I guess the, the higher, uh, you know, the people that are higher up, there's a, a I, big difference, but... You know what I wonder, Kathy? How many, how many guys are inclined to wear adult diapers? Yeah. Legitimately, right. just right. Uh, just out of uh, just in case, right? Might want to have those. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a text that says: uh, A few years ago, I used to work on cell phone towers, and we could pee off the tower, <laughs> but not before yelling "Yellow Rain." Stop! <laughs> Come on, the, really? The lokers, or workers, and sorrow. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but he said any other bodily functions had to be carried out via climbing down 300 plus feet. So when you're in training, they're like, so uh, you can go to the bathroom. You just have to yell yellow rain. <laughs> yellow rain. What? Yellow rain. And I would imagine, so yeah, if you're doing cell phone tower work, there is no cockpit. There's nothing. <laughs> You have to you you if you got if you absolutely have to go. You're up there. That's it. You're exposed. You have no other option. Yellow rain. At the end of the movie, instead of squirting that purple <laughs> yeah, stuff out of his peeing. guitar, he's peeing on everybody. <laughs> all right. I never meant to piss all over you. <laughs> I guess it's the equivalent of yelling four, right? Yeah. 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 So it's a warning. Yeah. It's a legit warning. Uh hang on, I'm gonna go to we got a Bailey here. Hey, Bailey, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Bailey. It says here you're a geologist and diver. Yeah, uh, so I'm frequently in the field in the middle of the woods uh, and just have to be creative about where I go to the bathroom. Sure. So- uh, I work on some sites in South Philly, and I just know what businesses will allow me to just kind of sneak in and use the bathroom. Shout out to Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had to defecate out in i mean what is what is that situation when you're out very in a remote area do you we just simply you let leave it, it to nature yeah yeah so i mean no problems peeing outside but i have had an emergency number two in the woods and uh you know i didn't want to tell my coworkers, so i just like kind of snuck away and found a, a large tree and uh <laughs> luckily they didn't come find me somewhere there was uh, a bear going this is where i live <laughs> yeah i mean come on <laughs> respect have some respect. Yeah. But uh, when I'm on the dive boat, they do have a bucket for me that I can pee in and then just, like, toss it off the side. Or if I'm in the water, I'll just, you know, pee my wetsuit. Listen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they should, you know what? They, sure. Yeah, they could do that. So, okay, hang on a second, Bailey. This reminds me of something I just saw on the interwebs uh, a couple of weeks ago. What is it called when a diver craps underwater? What is that called? Do you know? Um, what's it, what, no, um... Uh, I don't know. Jump? Uh, no, 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 no. And then there's there's footage of it. I gotta look this. Is up. it a legit term? What's aqua dump? Aqua dump? No. I like uh, that. Scuba pooping underwater. You're searching that right now. Yeah. Okay. And it, there's a there's actual a, name for it. A there, phrase. Is that, it Florence Henderson that yeah. divers use? Yes. We took a nasty Florence Henderson. <laughs> It was. was, (laughs) Thank you, Bailey. Appreciate it. Casey's going to look that up. And Uh, while he's looking that up, I'm going to go to a crane operator because we're kind of running out of time here. We have Steve on the line. Hi, Steve. Good morning. What's up? up? How you doing? So we're speaking your language here today, right? Yes, sir. All right. So what can you tell us about uh, the type of money that these uh, crane operators make? Uh, We make well over $100 an hour, but that's like our total package. Not what we take home. Okay. Okay. Not what tax. So some of that goes to what? Our benefits, our Poop retirement, bucket. our health care, our dues, stuff like that. Steve, so do, okay. are there any perks associated? But you know, I mean, where, because I, I assume you have to incentivize this a bit because it is a a treacherous job at some level. Oh yeah. So we're working out in the elements all the time. So do they ever? Do they give you some perks? Do they? I mean, is is there like three three days on, or four days on, three days off? Kind of. How does it work? Not with uh, with us with the union. We we work five days a week. Sometimes we work the weekends. Wow. You know, I mean, seven uh, three thirty. Okay, so a hundred dollars an hour is uh, much different than what I looked at. I mean, well, that's that's a good salary. That is a good salary. Yeah, it's also salary. though. It's also very weather dependent. Correct, Steve. Uh yeah we we don't always work in the weather. 
Yeah. Um, specifically, I work outside with, um, I don't work tower cranes, but okay. I work um, mobile cranes. Okay. Hey, do you so, get um, paid vacations and stuff like that? No, we do not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. No perks right. to that. Okay. <laughs> That's part of, part of working paid hours. But at least you don't have to crap in a bucket inside the place where you work. No, we, we normally find a port of John right. or, or, or take a drive to the store. You know what I was telling? Telemarketing had a crap bucket. <laughs> and listen, by the way, I would imagine, Steve, uh, the, the tower crane operators, that's, that's kind of small company. There's not like a whole lot of people that do that. Uh, that's me i think that's operating engineers i don't i don't really i don't mess with the operating engineers i'm i, I work with the linemen a lot of times right no I'm, I'm, d- I'm just saying line. as as a as an industry like it's a like a fraternal like there's thing. like there's tons of, of yeah. carpenters and right. so on but but a uh but a, but a tower yeah, crane a operator yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's a smaller crowd select. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's like in this area, the kangaroo Thanks, wranglers. Steve. There's not a lot of them. Not many. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. When, but when that's, I, that's a, that's a, I'm sorry to uh, right. uh, jump in case, but that's a, that's a skill. That's like, you know, that's one of those very uh, focused skills right. that if you train for, exactly. you can become You write your successful. own ticket, right? Yeah. You, at yeah. least you assume you do. And the benefit is you get to crap in a bucket. <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. When I was a lifeguard, there was one apartment pool that I worked that did not have a bathroom that I could use. Oh, if only there was on. a large yeah. open water container. So, <laughs> no, but uh, so if I had to go big potties, there was luckily within 50 yards of this apartment complex, another apartment complex that I could go to the bathroom, but I I would have to shut down the pool. I would have to, I would have to, everybody would have to leave. I would have to lock the gate and then walk over to this place and go to the bathroom. Did you do that often? Not often. No, but I, I did have to do it because I was the only guard on duty. Uh, one last thing. Here's a text from somebody that says, uh, actually a couple of them came and says, uh, my husband's a crane operator, depending on the type of crane that they, uh, they can, cer- uh, depending on the type of mm-hmm. crane, they can certainly make. Well over $100 an hour. They also are required to be state licensed. Yeah. Uh, to operate, it must also hold an NCCCO crane operator's license, and it's expensive to maintain the licenses. Oh. And then somebody else says here, I've been a crane operator for 25 years, started uh, at $11, make 119 an hour now. I also pooped from a crane in 1998 and was arrested for hitting a police car. <laughs> what? <laughs> so there you go. Oh, no. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, lifestyle. And by the way, Casey found out that uh, pooping uh, while scuba diving is called a war hammer. <laughs> and if you, uh, I like a Florence Henderson. Somebody else has said a depth charge. Oh, that could be in. that as well. But yeah. if you look on that, like uh, E-Bombs World has a video of a guy uh, performing, I think it's a dude, a war hammer. Yeah. Can, can you can you see out? Does do you see particulate matter outside of the wetsuit? Uh, so you have to take the wetsuit down. Uh, oh, you, this yeah, dude so you don't ta- keep it with you. He the, the dude takes his uh, his tank off as well, right? right. And then uh, performs a warhammer for you. Hmm. It's, it's amazing. A, it was awfully nice of him. There was a lifeguard. Uh, sorry, there was a lifeguard in Avalon uh, years ago that would uh, every morning they do their swim, and he would do that. During his swim, no. he found some joy he, in doing he that. He would found some yes. joy. Defecate yes. in the ocean. Correct. That is correct. Every morning. Oh That's where God. the fish poop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave it to them. Uh, anyhow, I thought that was interesting. So they're they are working on uh, rules or uh, you know breaks, whether they are going to be required or allowed for these crane operators, but did not know that they had to climb that many rungs on a ladder on a regular basis if they just wanted to go to the bathroom yeah, I, and that it's 
it, it could be dangerous. I kind of see both sides of this. Yeah, me yeah. too. That's a tough one. Wow. All right. Um, we need to take a break because we have the Bizarre File coming up. And I would like to give away some movie passes. We have a screening of Avatar The Way of Water tomorrow, tomorrow night, <laughs> 7 o'clock at the UA King of Prussia. It is IMAX 3D. It's a three-hour movie that starts at 7 o'clock. And we'll take colors uh, 13 and 14 at 215-263-WMMR. We will give you those movie passes. So give us a call right now. And if you want a second chance to win, just text Avatar to 39333 as well. We're going to take a quick break. Come back in a second. B-File is up next. Stay there. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Podcasts? Oh, yeah. MMR's got them. There's the Fun Size and Bizarre File editions, along with Preston and Steve full show podcasts, plus the MM Archives podcast and more. Click podcasts on WMMR.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve show podcast. Real quick, I want to mention that there is a new Daily Rush video that is available, and the title is Queef Splat. Uh, and it says if you've ever ha- if you ever have seventeen sextillion dollars lying around, maybe you can call up ET's home planet of Queef Splat. Uh, be the first to see the newest Daily Rush by subscribing to our YouTube channel, uh, sponsored by Xfinity's Gig Speed Internet, and learn more at xfinity.com. Is that when we also learned that? Uh, E.T. has three tongues, and one of them is in his butt. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think that You learn be. a lot about the, uh, the, the his one. planet and everything. And their people. Yeah. yeah, Their beings, I guess I right. should say. All right. Uh, we need to do Bizarre File. Here we go. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. All right. Brought to you this morning by... Red Robin. Uh, the holiday gifts are all wrapped. You can give the gift of yum with a $25 Red Robin holiday gift card and get a $5 bonus reward for you. Now through December 31st, Red Robin, yum. yum. All right, a 76-year-old Minnesota man is facing criminal charges because he was shooting at a squirrel and a bullet went through a child's bedroom window in a neighboring home. Uh, police said they arrested the man. <laughs> Sunday after his neighbor reported some bullet holes in their siding of the home and a hole in the window of their son's bedroom. Sorry about that, folks. You're trying to kill squirrel. So, and, and it sounds like he's this kind of guy. So the man told officers he had been watching ball games on television noticed a squirrel on his bird feeder. God damn squirrel. He told officers he shot a twenty two caliber rifle from his bedroom window at the squirrel and believed that he hit the animal. He told officers he had shot at squirrels at least six times over the past two years because, quote, he can Considered it war when he got when they got into his bird feeder. Get my rocket launcher. Yep. Uh, the man's wife said to him, "Well, and, and listen to this. As he's being arrested, <laughs> the wife said to him, and I quote, "Well, I told you. <laughs> Those yep. are the exact words. You know, I told you, <laughs> Clem. That's right. Shoot night the squirrels. Yep. Uh, the man is charged with recklessly." Uh, handling a dangerous weapon, a misdemeanor, and a felony count of discharging a firearm within a municipality. He faces up to two years in prison and a $5,000 felony fine. I told you. Uh, you stop jawing at me, you dumb bitch. I told you how much that squirrel food cost. <laughs> 
First responders rescued an eagle that was impaled by a lightning rod atop a 120-foot radio tower at St. George Elementary School in Florida. The department, fire department crews, responded to a call Friday about an eagle stuck on the top of the tower and contacted wildlife authorities from the scene. It was determined that someone would need to go to the top of the tower uh, to help the eagle. Bring a poop bucket. Uh, Engineer Lewis Castle and Lieutenant Garrett Williams loaded up into a 100-foot-tall tower, headed toward the elementary school. Crews gained access to the area by cutting a fence, uh, then went up the 100 feet in the tower, and then Castle exited the bucket of the fire department's ladder, hooked himself onto the tower using safety equipment, and climbed the remaining 20 feet. That's amazing. Uh, The eagle was found in obvious distress. Once he was at the top, Castle was able to free the bird of its impalement, and it then soared down... And they ca- the, a wildlife rescuer captured it. Uh, as of Saturday afternoon, the fire department did not did you have call my wife any update on the eagle's health status. Just let her know you're okay. Yeah, yeah her right name now. is Kaka. Yeah. So bald eagles. <laughs> so apparently, it's doing okay. It's on the men. A fuming woman has told how wedding her wedding became the worst day of her life after the venue was swarmed with ravers. Ravers? Yeah, like, the, you know, going party to a party. Ravers? Yeah. yeah, so Natalie Rhodes splashed out almost $10,000 to have her dream wedding abroad in Malta, hiring a wedding planner uh, to make sure that they had the day of their dreams. Uh, perfect weddings abroad is what the company is called, and they promised Natalie's big day on August 26th was in good hands. But as it finally rolled around, the bride-to-be was in for a shock. She claimed the venue had been double booked. Uh-oh. And soon, she was surrounded by half-naked revelers covered in UV paint and wearing glow- waving glow sticks. Instead of wedding cake, we're all going to have Molly. Uh, they were gawking at her as she celebrated her wedding day. <clears throat> she said, we had half-naked partygoers watching us get married on the beach. We had children there, and it was like one big rave. <laughs> I think they paid something stupid like 50000 so they didn't expect to be sharing it with us either. And they said that it was like they were gate-crashing our wedding. She said there was vomit everywhere. My child went into the bathroom, came out, then vomited all over the beach because he'd seen what had gone on in the toilets. They were covered in vomit. It was a mixture of colors, and it was all over the floor and all up and down the side of the cubicle where someone had come out and not made it to the sink or the toilet. Said it was the worst day of my life. Uh, we had about 10 ravers uh, for every wedding guest. Wow. Uh, we were outnumbered for, uh, and she said there were about 150 of them. The music they were playing was very loud, had loads of swear words in it. It was aggressive and pumping, and they were all jumping around and dancing That's with glow terrible. sticks. Terrible. Uh-huh. Yep. Were they offered a refund? Uh, I Yeah, I'm not really sure when it ended up happening, Steve. Uh, or glow sticks. Uh, she's looking to organize another ceremony, but the ti- this time she's going to stay in the UK. By the way, you can see that entire country in about 45 minutes. And Malta. It's, yeah, is that right? And it's also where Popeye was filmed. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They, use that, they still use that as a tourist they attraction, use the right? Set they should have the wedding there, right? Yeah. Uh, every February, Fish plays at, a, uh, at the Moon Palace Resort in Cancun. And this year, I just heard that uh, this past year, people had booked their vacations having no clue that there was going to be thousands of hippies down there. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You think there's yep. something you'd want to tell people? you to have to let people yeah. know. Yep. All right. Uh, here's another interesting one. This may sound like something out of a movie, but it's not. A 650-pound cow recently had to be rescued out of a doctor's office in Orange, Virginia. Oh, my God. Uh, the cow was in the middle of being taken to be sold to Knight's Cattle Company when it jumped off of a trailer 
It made its way an eighth of a mile down the road to Orange Family Physicians. Uh, local self... Yeah, I have a lump right here. Uh, local self-proclaimed uh, cow catchers, Timothy Lamb and his friend Sam Crawford, said they received a call about finding the missing cow just 10 minutes after returning home from work. Well, you know this was, Preston. It was. An utter catastrophe. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, we're looking at a picture of the kids. This is pretty hilarious. Yeah, it's inside a doctor's office. Yeah. So they headed to the physician's office on horseback with a dog to help retrieve the large animal. My How- nipples are very sensitive. However, when Lamb and Crawford arrived, the cow was scared and ran around the building, ultimately smashing through the glass doors of the office. Uh, when it shattered the glass, it just kept running through the building, Lamb said. According to Crawford, the staff looked ghostly when the cow came through the building. Uh, luckily, the men were able to go inside and bring the cow outside without harm. Lamb roped the cow's neck and brought it outside where he tied it down to a light pole. They were able to calm it down with a nail gun. Oh, good. <laughs> Are there... All right, this is a dumb question. Oh, great. Here we go. <laughs> Are there wild... That's it in the bizarre file, by the way. Wild cows? Are there wild... Because, I mean, you have wild horses, wild turkeys, yes. wild chickens. Are there wild cows you know out there anymore? You do pose an interesting question. Are there herds of wild cattle... Yes. Roaming parts of the country. Are yes. there, Kathy? Yes, there are. I have to believe there are in some place. Or they another. come from somewhere. Gotta it's be not some, like they're already, or, you know. Yeah, bulls out there and uh, chickens. So this, are they like free for the taking or? You can take them. If okay. you see a free cow, <laughs> you've seen those boxes outside, a box full of cat, cattle. It says right. today there are no wild cows. Uh-huh. No, I don't believe that. Cattle were first domesticated around uh, 10,500 years ago from the wild ancestors, but today there are no wild wild cows anywhere. I find that very interesting. How do you keep that from happening? Doesn't nature uh, hide (laughs) them away? You would think so. Well, I mean, you've got to figure this well, maybe we just haven't discovered a, it's like a cave with a massive... Yeah. Well, here, I found this on Sorry. Alaska's Kodiak Island. There are uh, wild cows. Cardiac? Kodiak. 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 Okay. Alaska's Cardiac, Cardiac Island. Island. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would think that'd be like pork or something yeah, like yeah. that instead, yeah. of, uh, instead of cows. Uh, that's it in the bizarre file. Why don't we take a break and come back in just a moment and move things right along? Uh, we are going to have a little bit later on Steve Byrne joining us as a guest, so we'll chat with him. Uh, but you know what? I, I should do this now. Uh, let me give away some passes for a skate date flight on ice on Thursday night. This Thursday night, weather pending. We're hoping the weather's going to hold out for this, but. Uh, if you would like to go to the event and go ice skating with us, the President Steve Show at Energy Transfer Veterans Memorial Park, or the rink, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, we would like to have you in Edgemont. So we'll take callers 10 and 11 at 215-263-WMMR. We'll give you a pair of passes and skate rentals as well. It's from 5 to 7. It's a little bit nice. on the early yes. side. Yeah. So that's coming up this Thursday. So give us a call right now, and we'll get those tickets to you. And we'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle. The Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Edition. Wednesday, December 21st at the Excite Center inside Parks Casino in Ben Salem. At stake, some of the coolest prizes, gadgets, and gifts from our winter wonderland of clients and sponsors. Including Adventure Aquarium, Nebrasa Brazilian Steakhouse, and Stephen Ear Jewelers. Want to be a part of the studio audience? Check WMMR.com for details. And don't forget to dress to, um, impress. Our judges will pick their favorite ugly sweater to score great prizes from Miller Lite. 
Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle. Oh, it's a Christmas Miracle! 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your holidays. I got a, an email uh, and the person wanted to remain anonymous if I read this on the air. It says, uh, hey guys, I know... Uh, you guys have a plethora of products inspired by Preston and Steve, but have you guys gotten any Preston and Steve inspired strains, meaning marijuana? Mm. And uh, he wrote, attached is my 24-hour old sprouts of, and this is what he's naming as strains, the stream of consciousness and the noticer. <laughs> wow. Uh, he said uh, both have sativa-dominant Landris uh, Durbans. And that's that's uh, yeah. horticulture speak, right? Right. Uh, but sativas are more uh, um, kind of up than down as far as the, the sensation you get. Uh, and he said, "Feel free to mention off air to the crew or nameless on air, and I'll keep you posted." <laughs> well, that's kind of fascinating. We've been mem- uh, memorialized in uh, cannabis. Yes. Now, I'm more of a uh, I'm more of an indica person. So I tell you what, listener, if you could create a uh, maybe a um, what would be another good name for a a, a strain, but uh, but a uh, an indica instead? Hmm. Uh, I, I was thinking of the um, the various characters, characters that yes. we have of the you know the connoisseur and stuff like that. But the, not the noticer that would heighten your ability to. He notice. already has the noticer, yeah. yeah. So I'm not really sure. We'll have to think about that. Um, and uh, I have this other thing. So thank you for the email. I appreciate that. Um, this has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about, but uh, I think we're going to have sometime soon. We're going to have to do the um, survey says yes. Oh yeah, because uh, I saw this poll. It's listen to this. Some of these I read them and I'm like, you've got to be. Kidding. Is this one that was sent as show prep? Yeah, yeah. It kills you. You don't believe the stuff that we get on a daily basis. That is, uh, hey, try this on your show. It's like, are well, you kidding? Listen to this. A poll surveying 2,000 people who partake in Christmas festivities found. That fifty-eight percent of people look forward to unwrapping gifts on Christmas. Really? Wow. Wait, yes. That's really low. Fifty-eight yeah. yeah. percent of people look forward to. Uh, I guess some people don't like. Yeah, forty. Some people are nervous. People. Yeah. Yes. People, people like, enjoy getting things. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was so stupid. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. People Anyhow. enjoy tasty things. We'll do other. Uh, we'll do another um, <laughs> survey says later on. But um, uh, Steve sent me this article. I uh, thought this was interesting to bring this up, especially when when the holidays do roll around. I think that um, uh, mental health is kind of pushed to a, a, yeah. it can be pushed to its limit. Yes, and you yeah. reported that that d- despite what people think, like this, the, the, the longstanding belief is that the suicide rate rises. It does not. However, I do think it's a time for self reflection, and that can lead to. Well, and there's a lot of stressors, a lot of too, stress, yeah, uh, this time of year, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, last year about this time, I spoke to um a therapist on my show down at Ben. Her story, and um, she said this is a, a big time um for depression and and people falling right. back into it, and you know it has to do with a number of factors, whether it be um you know stress or um you know family. If if they you know it's a time where families get together, a lot of people are fighting with family, don't get to see them, um, and so it's, <laughs> it's big for depression. The fact that it's the natural division of the year. I mean, you're you're closing up one year and moving on to a right. new, and then so the perception is, do I start anew? Was this a successful year? Yeah, yeah. yeah all that stuff. So uh, the article that Steve sent me is uh, about a woman named Abby Rawlis- Rawlinson. She is a London-based therapist, and she regularly shares information about uh, mental health topics. And she's got a pretty good-sized following on Instagram. Excuse me. And she focused recently a video about 
imposter syndrome. We've mentioned this a number of times in the past couple of weeks about this phenomenon, and I, I and and it's amazing. <laughs> well, I've talked to my therapist about imposter <laughs> yeah. syndrome yeah. before. Yeah, right, and it's it's something that is very common. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so she tackled. Uh, the topic on a number of occasions explaining what imposter syndrome is, as well as sharing possible signs of the condition in a recent post, which I'll hit at the end here because there's uh, okay. like six signs, she says, that, that you might be having an issue with imposter syndrome. So according to Abby, imposter syndrome is all about fear, including the fear of failure, not being good enough, judgment and criticism, and being exposed as a fake or a fraud. Uh, she said, uh, when we regularly experience these fears, our nervous system can get dysregulated, which results in periods of hyperarousal or hypoarousal. And she noted that hyper... <laughs> that guy's... I think he's a hyper. He's hyper, yeah. Uh, she noted that uh, hyperarousal is commonly referred to as flight or fight. Uh, yeah. Fight or flight. And she said, uh, when we get stuck in this state, we can feel anxious and panicky. And this can also cause us to overfunction which might look like working long hours, uh, difficulty delegating, trouble switching off, and perfectionism. Meanwhile, she said hypoarousal is commonly referred to as freeze. She said when we get stuck in this state, uh, we can feel withdrawn, depressed, and low in motivation, and it causes us to underfunction. And this might look like avoiding difficult conversations, difficulty asking for help, uh, failing to be assertive, and staying under the radar. Uh, understanding the autonomic state uh, that we are in is important, according to the therapist, and as it is indicative of the thoughts that we're having. Thoughts. And she described this as having urgent thoughts while in an anxious hype, a hyperarousal state, for example, I must do something now. Uh, however, during a low hypoarousal state, thoughts will be more of uh, the I can't variety. Uh, oh, yeah, hypo. <laughs> uh, she wrote, uh, this connection between our nervous system and our thoughts is why we need to approach imposter syndrome from a mind-body perspective. So, you want the six signs of imposter syndrome? Yeah, give a listen to these and see if any of these pertain to you. Okay. Uh, number one is feeling anxious that you'll be exposed as a fraud or a fake. Uh, number two, believing your success is down to luck or good timing. Uh, number three, frequently feeling anxious, overwhelmed, or stuck. Uh, number four, feeling inadequate despite demonstrating competency. Mm -hmm. Number five, being very sensitive to even constructive criticism. And number six, constantly comparing yourself to other people. Okay, so you don't have to have all of these, just some of these. Six signs of imposter syndrome. Yeah, probably don't need all of them. And and you probably, you might need more than one. You know, or, I, I don't really right. know. Yeah. Or you might have some to varying degrees. Right. But I, I, I think there's something in there that applies to just about everybody. Uh, and it's that, for them to sort of explain it this way, makes sense. Where you think, I'm going to be discovered as a fraud. Mm -hmm. uh, this is surely... So whether you you can be absolutely competent at what you're doing, but by your perception, since you have no framework outside your own mind and body, how did that person become successful? Well, certainly I'm not as good as that person. I must be a fraud. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. I struggle with this sometimes. I mean, we've achieved a level of success, but I will, and what I will do is I'll compare myself to other people that do a similar thing and go, they're way better than I am. Yeah. 
you know, and and just be in in a position of saying, uh, like, if I were, I'll, I'll give you like a scenario of the job of the business, like, uh, like if I had to do some kind of hard hitting, very intellectual, right, sit down interview, or I had to lead some type of of um, like I look so so my friend is Matt O'Donnell from yes, Six ABC. Yeah, yeah. And he does that that Sunday morning show right. sometimes where they sit around and with talk. heavy hitters yeah. and they talk about heavy subjects and and you know uh, very important uh, topics. And I'm like, there's no freaking way I can uh-huh. do that. I'm a moron. Are you kidding me? The idea that I that I come in here every day and and spout off all this crap that I go through and read and yeah, and, but see. That, I don't think you should compare yourself to well, him. I know, but that's, that's, but that's that's the syndrome. It doesn't that, matter. He, you're exactly yeah. right, Kathy. He, you don't give yourself credit for your skill set. Matt would be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be terrible. No, I think that's great, but but uh, you know, it, it's like to it's me, that's just, a totally like I would look at somebody like that and go. I wouldn't even think that that's the similar job to. And then you'd also say, "I don't. I think this show's boring." No. Or okay, (laughs) when we when we were at the uh, when we were at the Hall of Fame uh, acceptance in in Chicago, when we went to the ceremony, I'm like looking around these other people getting these awards. I'm like, I am not even same category. Yeah. Well, right. you're, you're with heavy you. hitters. I and, mean, you yeah. were. You were far In fact, it was Kathy who stood up. And, <laughs> yeah. These guys are not that good. Why are you giving them awards with luminaries like this? It's sort of insulting to them. But when Dan, like when Dan Patrick got up and he did this yeah. really awesome How his speech, life was changed. And I'm like, mine sucked. That was terrible. What am I doing here? This is not even. I don't even belong here. I uh, remember when I wanted to be on the radio. So I am. Thank you. <laughs> so I am. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, well, all right. So you can't compare yourself to what Matt O'Donnell does on Sunday morning because your job is not that. It's different. I was just using yeah. that as but a blanket. I, yes. I, I don't. I don't usually do that, but I was just using that as a, as a, a quick reference. But uh, in the quiet... In the, in the, in I'm those... way smarter than Matt. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, but in, in, the, in, the, in these moments, that's what... This is the pernicious thing that happens yeah. with the imposter syndrome. So... There, there were a couple of things on your list there, Preston, or the list that totally ring true to me, and and I try well, I, to be I, like I, realistic about myself and my approach to this job. And number two on that list, I heard you react when I said that. I said believing your success is down to luck or good timing. I mean, I don't have this job, okay? If I don't have that internship, yeah, isn't that if, everybody? If, if I, no, exactly, Kathy. This is yes. luck and timing. I don't have this job. That if I don't have that internship at the time that I had that internship. I don't have that internship if I didn't have a friend that was a board op at the time that got me the internship. So and then, yeah. I can offer up because I've had the same type of, of uh, thoughts myself. But what the how I, I make myself feel better about that and maybe give myself a little bit of credit is that how much better than Matt O'Donnell you are? <laughs> <laughs> no. Is that you had the proper instincts yes. to number one Go for that internship to number two, stick with something when you could have made another choice. Oh, yeah. And so that's what I try to rely on as well, that my instincts are good. That's exactly right. I've had some luck. 
but I've I've added that with some skill and some instincts that have that have served me right almost every. That's time. why you can never be a, a dick about anything in your life that you if you have any level of success is because yes, there is talent involved, but you also benefited from timing and luck right. and people that yeah. And there's also the thing of you also help to make your own luck by seeing which way you should go and which way you should not. You're not always going to get it right, right? But that's but still to think that you are simply and completely a product of luck and not capability and talent. But if you were to take percentage-wise, I would say 80% luck, 20% skill. In your best boring. Well, that's the thing. I would say that to go to Capital City. But if you're not good at it, the luck and timing, you know, you wouldn't st- right. you wouldn't stay in the job. Everybody, everyone's job has something to do with luck and timing. You have to be good at it. Otherwise, you wouldn't still Kathy, be Kathy, here. here's a perfect yeah. I had loads of people when I was coming down from New York down to Philadelphia saying, why aren't you trying for radio when you live in the number one market? I'm like, it's a horrible market, A. B, I think these people that I'm with, like, you know, Preston and Marilyn at the time, and then, you know, the, the evolution of the show, I think there's something here. And all the people that advised me to be up in New York, they're out of the business yeah, now. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to go to Jessica. Hi there, Jessica. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Good. What's up, Jessica? Well, I want to thank you for the therapy session. This has really been an interesting drive into work. I um <laughs> I won an award a couple of years ago, and I remember feel like I didn't even want to put in the submission to why I should get it mm-hmm. because I felt like I didn't deserve it. And it was said to me at the time, oh, it sounds like you have imposter syndrome. And I just kind of let it go. But when you started talking, you know, I perked up, and I am floored that, like, literally every single thing you said picked a box about me. No like, kidding. Constructive criticism, the fear I'm going to be found out to not be as good as I am, feeling like it's luck. I mean, just wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, it was no, really that... incredible. Um, so I'm kind of shook up about it. <laughs> I had to call in. I was like, "This is just incredible." Yeah. So thank you. Well, fortunately, you. yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, hopefully that helps a little bit. And of course, I'll, I'll point you in the direction of maybe speaking to a therapist yeah. if it's something you want to get out in the open and maybe get some positive feedback on that. I've done the same thing, and it certainly helped. But, but you're not alone, Jessica. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's quite a common thing, and there are people at all of we've had stars come in, and we talked about we talked about it recently about that. Who have really incredible levels of success believe like they're gonna fu- they're gonna discover me any any day now they're gonna find out I don't deserve this. Hey, Jezza, can can I ask uh, what you do for a living? Yes, I work in tourism. Okay, so tourism. I um, I'm, a, I'm kind of in sales. I also do some social media stuff. Um, okay, mostly. and and you've had some success with it, right? I have. I definitely have. So. Okay. Um, you know, so I guess I, I need to own that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, should. Right. Yeah. Most definitely. Thank you, Jessica. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. And, it, and, and I think that's probably the common theme is that the imposter syndrome is uh, somebody who's had a level of success yeah. in whatever it is they're they're pursuing. And they they think that it could end at any moment. You're going to find out. Yeah. That, that's got to be a part of this, right? That, yes. That, 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 that that's it. Discover. It's yes. going to come back to, to, you know, completely crumble and fall apart in front of you. Um, so, but yeah, these, uh, like, like comparing yourself to other people, uh, being sensitive. I've gotten better about constructive criticism. That one doesn't hit me so much, but, um, uh, I've, I've managed to be able to, to brush that off. Uh, but there are times where you're still like, why'd you say that? You uh, well, that's the, oh, that's the classic thing is the, the, um, you know, and that's, I've been able to sh- like shut that. I don't care. I mean, I, I do the best I can do and I've gotten to a good point there. I get outside of my own head and just say, you know, you can't please everybody. Uh, but, uh, the, you know, that is the, the classic, um, 
it's all these people are saying nice things about you, but the one guy in the corner who mm-hmm. that right. yeah, that sets you off in a spiral. Like, what, what about all these other folks? Yeah, once you realize that you can't please everyone, you can't. Uh, then maybe it makes it easier. Except when it's Bill's constructive criticism. <laughs> I don't think either of you take that well. Jasmine, <laughs> you're always saying the wrong things. <laughs> it was Steve who said that. Well, I was focused on you. <laughs> It's usually me. Yeah, I usually do something. Kathy gets in trouble. Yes, but you laughed. Uh, yeah, you laughed the loudest. That was it, right? Yeah, it's, it's like where to go. I'm laughed. not talking about Hitler. I'm talking about the guy who was nodding. Yeah. What did he say exactly? He, he said I laughed a little bit harder than everyone else in the room. <laughs> that was a that was a serious comment he made to me when Steve made a joke yeah. that he didn't like. Maybe you shouldn't laugh so hard. Oh dear God, uh, Casey. Somebody says. Um, Where's it? Casey, if something along the lines of Casey's been down on himself a bit lately, and yeah, here we go. He's been really hard on himself lately. Tell him to knock that off. <laughs> we all love Casey, and we see how great of a person he really is. There you no, go. Not really, uh, no, horrible person. No, you I'm... called yourself a crap person last week, and you're you're not. And and, that, and and anyone who knows you knows that you're not. But the truth of the matter is, is that you deal with the way you perceive yourself. Well, I just am. I feel like I'm realistic about uh, who I am as a person. But you're like, a man. Looking at me with the hot dog on your hat. But I try to, like, you know, imposter syndrome. Like, I do believe that, like, it is, you know, where I'm at right now is 80% luck and 20% whatever else. Uh, But I have gratitude for that. You know what I mean? So, like, if I... You scan the system. I scan the system. I scanned you guys. You guys should have fired me in 1999. I swear to God. But you didn't. And so I am very, very happy and grateful for that. Well, listen, take to heart that this is a this is a common thing. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that. But, I mean, at a certain point also, give yourself permission to feel that way and also, B, uh, allow yourself to entertain the notion that perhaps you are where you are because there was a level of competency yeah. that got you there. We would have gotten rid of you if we yeah. didn't like you. You're dead weight. Well, yeah. no, no, you liked me. We just liked your yeah. company we so much. We were very patient. Yeah. We, we liked you a lot, right. but we were very patient. You were very patient, and I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> and my family is very grateful for that. It's but all- that's but the, the patience. I remember when I was offered, you know, how naive is this? When I was offered the morning show position uh, at Y100, yeah. and I, I said, no, no, I don't want to get up that early in the morning. Right, right, right. I said, absolutely not. And a couple of months went by, and they came back to me again. And at the time, there was a guy named Barsky who was doing the morning show. And they flat out told me, they're like, look, we're going to get rid of this guy. Yeah. We just want another morning show. And I felt bad for Barsky. He never liked seeing anybody getting fired. We called Matt O'Donnell, but he refused. I didn't really know him. (laughs) And so they came back a couple of months later, and they made me a very generous offer. And I I had to say... You'd be a fool. Yes. It was like like double what I was making. Your own poop bucket? I go, okay, but this is what I said to them. How stupid is this? I go, okay... But if it doesn't work out in a couple of months, you guys can't fire me. <laughs> okay. Seems I am glad. Like, Promise me you're not going to fire me if I'm not any good at Pinky right. swear. Yeah. Okay, oh we All right. All right. Would have fired me in a heartbeat. All right, do the Beastmaster handshake, and then I'll know it's real. <laughs> Was that your impression of God? <laughs> yes. What he calls the Falcon. <laughs> Um, I would have at least said, hey, if it doesn't work out, can I have my the old, old shift, back. shift back? And well, fire the person you put in that spot. Uh, yeah, they put, uh, they brought Matt Cord over. They were yeah. going <laughs> to, no. They were going to put me back in afternoons no. after snagging Matt from MMR. Are you kidding me? Dude, my first on-air shift was simply because the, the Saturday night overnight guy quit on, like, Friday. 
Yeah. And they were like, we need somebody. And I was running the board at the time. And it was really funny because I remember uh, having my first uh, air check session with Jim McGuinn. And uh, and he had finally come to the realization at that point. I had already been on the air for like a month at this point. He's like, we put you on the air without ever listening to an air check of yours? I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> hey, here's a quote I kind of like. And this this can pertain to... Um, you know, jobs and things yeah. like that, or, or, or making the right choice. It says, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. That's an excellent quote. I've heard that before. Yeah. And it, that that should give you some solace. Again, you talked, Preston, as you were mm. saying earlier, about with the imposter syndrome, uh, you know, you are presented with many decisions in your life that you have to make, and getting good at making the right ones is an art and a talent unto itself, and yeah. you should give yourself credit. Now, you don't want to become a pompous jackass about no, it right. and always appreciate the gifts that you've been given in life. Right. You know, but I mean, still, it, you don't have to beat the piss out of yourself all the time. Hmm. Mm. All right, hang on. I want to go to this call. Uh, this is uh, Tom, who says here has autism. Hmm. Hi, uh, Tom, you're on the air. Good morning. How you doing? Good. What's up, bud? All right, so I was listening to your conversation about, mm-hmm. you know, the... Um, I'm trying to figure out how we word it, where people have the, uh, they feel like they need to do better. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Okay. So this is something that I live with on a regular basis, especially when it comes to trying to find work where people start treating me differently once they find out that I'm autistic because they start seeing me acting weird. Like, you know, not weird to me, but weird to them where I kind of stay by myself and things like that. Right. And this is something that I deal with on a regular basis. And I've had jobs, numerous jobs, you know, find reasons to let me go because once they find out I'm autistic, I always feel like I'm doing something wrong. If I, if I do something wrong, I apologize like 50 times for that one particular incident. Right. And I, I know exactly how these people feel. Tom, you know, Tom. I have Asperger's. My, 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 my diagnosis is Asperger's. Okay. It's on a spectrum, but I'm high functioning. Gotcha. Tom, I can I ask a question? Do, do you believe it's it's you believing that's what they are feeling, or do you do you uh, do you say that you are actually being treated that way a lot by the people that you've worked with? It's people, it's people that I work with. I'm not going to say the name of a company, but right. a job that I worked at recently, right? There were some things that were going down, and I said something about it. Okay, and then they stopped scheduling me. All right. Hmm. Well, you, you know. So you, but you, you think of this of the list that we read. You think that as far as the imposter syndrome goes, that you have a bit of that. I do, I do, because it's, it's rather if it's at home or if it's at, at work, I I try to you know not be myself. Right. But it's so hard to not try to be myself that I wound up being myself and it affects everything else. I hear you. I I completely hear what you're saying. Yeah, that that's um, uh, it's it's got to be different. Are you are you in a a, a, a better place now? I am. I am. I'm doing my own thing. You know what I mean? But I mean, you know what I'm doing now. I don't, nobody bothers me. I don't really deal with anybody. I just go out, do my own thing and I'm done. Okay. Right. All right. So, I'm doing, you know, I, again, I'm not going to say the name of the company because yeah. people listen, but you know, um, you know, it's just one of those things to where it's like people don't know how to treat people and understand people in this world. And that, you know what I'm getting at. You know, like I'm one of the, like I, I I don't like going to a lot of places because I, of every, you know. Well, you can see. I, you, 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 I I'm sorry to interrupt, no, Steve. Good. I know exactly what you're talking about. As a family member, it's it's the same way. And and if you if you notice someone who happens to be socially awkward 
uh, and maybe you're around them regularly and it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, you maybe consider that that person, that's just the way they are yeah. and that um, they don't need to be treated any differently, but um, they also don't need to be treated poorly or anything like that because of their um, awkwardness, as yeah. we might uh, categorize that for those who might not be on the spectrum. Uh, so consider that. If there's somebody uh, in, your, in your place of work and, and they're always just like, for whatever reason, they've got that uh, that thing about them that's that's strange to you, it might be they might have a spectrum diagnosis. Yeah. And that's just the way they are. And just consider that, you know. And, right. And, and, and I can point that out. Any And, like, I, I can point that out. Like, I can see it, you know, and I can tell. Like, I've talked to parents that, you know, that like see kids flipping out in the store and I and I say I understand I can you know is he you know he or she autistic and they say yes and how'd you know I said because I'm on a spectrum myself right many years ago you know I I I was I was one of those people that I denied it I it's like it's like you know I didn't want people knowing because at the end of the day people started treating me differently but then I started thinking it's like wait a minute this is me this is how I was made yeah there's nothing that I can do to change the fact that I'm like this Right. You know, I just got to live with it, you know, and do my own thing. No, that, you know, I got two little kids, you know, and I honestly believe my 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 kids are on the spectrum. But at the end of the day, they're still my kids. I still love them. I'm not going to treat them any differently. Yeah. I'm going to treat them the way that, they, that you know, the world is going to want them to be treated at the end of the day. Because if I treat them differently, they're going to expect that by everybody else. Well, Tom, it sounds like you have a very healthy attitude about this. So, yep. you know, I, I'm, I I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing better, too. That's very good. You know. But, you know, I just wanted to chime in. I know what I was saying wasn't, like, exactly on your cue. But, no, you know, that's like, cool. We appreciate it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I just want people to understand that, you know, when people see people, you know, don't treat them differently. You know, they might have, they might have something else going on in their life that's causing these issues. I've, I've had that, yeah, many times in my life where I thought somebody was some way and then I, I later... Yeah. One case in particular, there was a guy I thought was just an absolute jackass, and we I'd go out and see him on the, the hiking trail, and little did I know that at that point in time, his wife was dying of cancer. Uh. Did not know. And then when you, 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 it's, you know, sometimes you turn it a little bit, and you see something else that you weren't seeing, so. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah, trust me. No, we all been through that. I mean, I've been through that several times. I mean, you know, you know, no matter how hard you get hit, you just got to keep get up, get up and keep going forward. Absolutely, right. Tom. You do that, Tom. Yeah. Thanks for the call, bud. We appreciate right. it. That ain't you. Right, that ain't care. you. <laughs> Rocky said it. Yeah. That ain't you. You're better than that. You know. <laughs> I'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I thought it was interesting, and uh, imposter syndrome is legit, and um, uh, if you need to talk to somebody, then uh, reach out. I, uh, one of our uh, clients is BetterHelp. You can go to BetterHelp.com slash WMMR. They say can lead to pasta syndrome, which oh. is uh, much more <laughs> delightful. very it's delightful. Yeah. That's a good, uh, that is a good uh, syndrome to have. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a break because we have a guest coming up. Steve Burns is going to be joining us in just a little bit, so make sure you stay close. We will not be gone long. Back in a moment. What's new? Why do you ask? Ghost. Disturbed. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Our next guest is ripping the lid off of the Comedy World format. <laughs> well, that's for sure. Certain special. That's Redefining it. That's his most recent special. Do you want me to read the description? I yes. would. 
Steve bucks the traditional stand-up special by delivering a 60-minute set from his own late-night talk show. He moves flawlessly from a monologue of topical one-liners to storytelling at the desk and rounds it out with a stand-up set tying it all together. All the while... Exploring the boundaries of jokes and comedy in these socially sensitive times. I mean, what more do you need? You don't it, need anything. Honestly, more than that. I, it makes me actually hate Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> it's not supposed to do it, that. Yeah. And this, because this is clearly where you want to go. All right, Amazon Prime. We love him. He's yes. one of our favorite guests, Mr. Steve Burr. Yay! Hey, good morning. How are you? Joining us via Zoom. How you doing, Steve? Good. The whole the whole purpose of this new hour special is to uh, take down James Cameron. So I'm glad it worked. Not many people read the tea leaves. Yep. Well, you were ahead of the curve. You said we were just talking about imposter syndrome in the break before this, and and you said this guy is a loser. That's right. I look in terms of imposter syndrome. I consider myself the Asian Elon Musk. So I'm very. <laughs> Very on board with that. Uh, uh, yes, we've all just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if yeah. I thought you're the Asian. Elon it's like Musk. Seth MacFarlane, Elon Musk, and Kevin Spacey had a half Asian baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve, we're looking at, we're, we're talking to you via Zoom. I have something that you have on your wall. I have it at home. It's on my bathroom door. It is the Abbey Road Studios sign oh. right behind you. I got, obviously, you've been there. That's where I got that. I've been there. Yeah. I, I actually, uh, I did. I did the the crosswalk. Yes. I laid down in the middle of the of the crosswalk and did a little casual pose that I do on my Instagram. But yeah, I, I, amazing, absolutely amazing uh, to be there. That is a busy street, mind you, sir. Because uh, my wife and I have a photo of us doing the. I took my shoes off to play the part of, of Paul. Uh, but like the, the 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 Londoners were like, "Get the hell out of our <laughs> we way! We hate you. Yeah. We hate every one of you." Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, you don't realize how how Ringo felt until you try to take that picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, well, listen, I, I I read the I read the you know uh, uh, the description of of your special, and it's you know uh, I was having some uh, fun with that. But so you're doing this in in a in like a talk show form. I haven't seen it yet, Steve. Yeah, basically, it's um you know all, all the late night all the. Our specials these days are the same. It's yes. just somebody pontificating in front of a curtain for 60 minutes, and not all of it's tethered together. It's just random thoughts for the most part. I just thought somebody should do something different, so I just put it on the set of a late-night talk show. And if you think about a late-night talk show, it's three styles of writing. You have topical one-liners. That's your monologue. So yeah. I do that for 20 minutes. You have panel, which is storytelling. You sit at the desk. You talk to Jimmy or Colbert. That's another 20 minutes. Then you have traditional stand-up that's done at the very end. So two, four, six, all done under an hour. So you turn this thing on. It's on Amazon Prime called The Last Late Night. And basically, the opening credits are like a late night talk show. Um, there's a band there that's like a late night talk show. And we even have commercial breaks that is in place of uh, my crowd work. So we, we break it all up. And it feels like huh. you're literally watching a late night talk show. But it's just sneakily done under a creative, different way of doing an hour special. No, I, I really appreciate this approach. And let me ask you. If one, sure. if one in a position of power yeah. were to say, wow, that Steve Byrne really knows how to implement a late night talk show. Uh, is is that something I assume you've considered as a potential residual side effect of this? Well, I never did it with that intention, but I will tell you that, you know, the late night talk show is dying in front of us. It is. Whether we admit it or not, it's it's an antiquated form of entertainment. The variety show saw its death in the 80s, tried to revitalize it. And I think 
you, the late night talk show used to be a place where you tune in to see your favorite stars mm -hmm. break out a little bit and show some personality. And nowadays they're on TikTok or Instagram or mm -hmm. Twitter. So, so the fascination is kind of gone. And with streamers and everything else, I just thought this is, that's why it's called the last late night. It's a way to pay homage to the, the format of a talk show, but also to who did it best. Carson, if you look at the, yeah. at the desk on the set, all of Carson's accoutrements are on our desk. Replicas, the, the the mug with the white pencils, the cigarette lighter, the cigarette box. They were all there. I remember. So how important that show was to me, any of the late night shows, Letterman, any of them. They were all that 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 oasis where you would go to see stuff that you wouldn't see at any other time. I you talk about that cigarette box that Carson had. I remember when Don Rickles broke it when he was guest hosting, and and uh, Carson went over to hit the, the set of CPO Sharky, which was recording in the thing. I mean, that's right. That stuff was great. Um, do you believe? Cause we were talking earlier about uh, you know Graham Norton does the old style paneling. His show is sure. bringing everyone out and they just talk. If you were presented with the option of taking a swing at a late-night talk show yourself, would you go for it, or do you believe it's just too after the fact at this point? No, I, I mean, of course, any comic dreams of having a sitcom of being the host of a late-night talk show or something like that, of course I would do it. I and, and even, like, the monologue jokes, again, like, people think, oh, you're just a comedian. Just go be funny. It's yeah. like, go roast that person or go improv. It's like, these are all different muscles, so even... Monologue jokes, that's a muscle that I had to learn and a mm. style of writing I had to learn. So, um, so you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And so now getting to tell jokes like, you know, I was just in California. A California man was, was arrested for possession of eight pounds of heroin in a plastic bag. And he was convicted on felony possession of a plastic bag. <laughs> so getting to, like, yeah. learn how to write and deliver jokes like that is it, it is a different kind of muscle. I was watching so much Carson. I was delivering my jokes like Carson. I was like, I got to stop watching these these clips. Well, what was great is, and, and, and people would dismiss, you know, uh, or at least some of the comedians would dismiss Carson. Uh, Carson would edit that. He would, and, and a number of the writers, you had, like, uh, um, uh, Pat, uh, I forget his, his, his main uh, comedy writer, was with him for years. He was in the Smokey and the Bandit movies as well. But, um, uh, but anyway... He they would he would work the jokes as well. He would rework them, and and he had his style. But you're right; it's very different than the stand-up comedian you would see later in that episode of the Tonight Show. It's two different sure. types of comedy, and I, it's yeah. very cool that you're doing it this way. I, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I think I think also too the the one thing I hear about people when they watch stand-up specials is like, look, take somebody like Anthony Jeselnik, right? Who yeah. I really respect. Uh, He's a, he's a guy that once you start watching within 15 or 20 minutes, you can almost smell the joke coming. It's like <laughs> set up, set up, punch, set up, set up, punch. So with this, you're, you're never getting a chance to be bored. It really is four different styles with the crowd work in it. So by the time you're kind of feeling like, all right, I, I, I kind of get this now. Right. We're moving on to the next. Yeah. You look good in a tux, by the way, man. Did you uh, get your, get your body ready for that? Oh, yeah, guys. Let me tell you about my body. Okay? <laughs> I got the body of a 12-year-old Vietnamese girl with a beer gut. So, yeah, I really got it ready. Um, it's funny because Sebastian Maniscalco has a Netflix special. Yes. And he's performing in a tux. And then I am. And both of us have uh, a gold curtain. Mine was in homage to Carson. I think he was doing it. Um, because he's at the win and they could afford an actual whole gold carpet. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I think there's a little competition who wore it better. And nice. um, it doesn't matter who wore it better. I I'll tell you, his paycheck was uh, a lot bigger than mine. <laughs> yeah. so, well, you, you, Saturn, guys. You've always been a big fan of Dean Martin. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a fan of the, the, the Rat Pack, right? 
Huge Dean Martin yeah. fan. That's why I wore the tux. Even even like in the different three acts, I wear a tux at the very beginning in homage to uh, to Dean Martin. The panel, I loosened it up. And then traditional stand-up, I put on a tie. So even like costume changes, there was awareness. Steve, it's funny to see old pictures of people going into uh, Las Vegas, you know, shows. Going in dressed up, dressed to the nines, like suits and jackets, all of that stuff. You should see people at football games back in the 60s and 70s. They wore, like, suits to, like, the Eagles game. God, we're a bunch of scumbags these days, aren't we? Yeah, people did People did get dressed up back in the day, and uh, I, I think that was part of, like, you know, dressing up a little bit for something like this to just show a little, just a little bit of clash. Yeah, I uh, was reading that uh, Joe Gatto of Impractical Jokers is the uh, the director. I know you guys do a a, a podcast together. Uh, this whole idea cooked up between the two of you. This format. No, when I when I came up with the format, uh, look, everybody said no. Even the streamers for five years, people basically were like, no, nobody, nobody's interested. I, I believed in it, and finally, when it went, when it came to fruition. Joe and I were doing this together. I don't think what people realize when Joe does Impractical Jokers, he's not just like a guy doing these challenges. Like he's in the edit bay. He's yeah. working on camp positions. He's he's orchestrating a lot of that stuff. He's the first to show up, the last to leave, one of those guys. And um, when I needed a director, it's not just a standard, you know, put seven cameras on pegs and just hit record. It's like there was a lot of creative decisions. So Joe was fantastic. And I think what people don't realize, even when you go out with Joe and just you go to lunch with that guy, he's doing all those things he does on the show all the time. There's no cameras. He's not getting paid. And if there's like eight stanchions, like you go to the movie theater, the bank, and they're all corralling you to right. go to the line, he will literally just walk through all of them. Yeah. And like he's crossing the marathon. And people are like, what is he doing? And then he'll get wrapped up in it and trip and fall. And he'll pretend like, oh, my God, I didn't see that. You're like. Joe, there's no one. He- Why are you doing this? It's yeah. me and you and like four employees, but he's constantly doing it. Well, you you've directed movies. You you you're no slouch when it comes to that that sort of stuff as well. And you did the sitcom. Obviously, you you know this stuff. I, I mean, um, out of them all, and you're still obviously stand up is still you know the 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 thing that got you to the dance. Um, which which if you had to make a a career direction and stick to it right now, where would you go? Morning radio. Oh, yeah, um, I'm targeting Philadelphia. Imposter <laughs> syndrome again, guys. Um, now so that I you've heard about our imposter syndrome, you're going to take advantage <laughs> of it. Yeah, I'm going to shave my head and just spend all my money on SciShow collectibles. That's what I'm going to end up doing. Hey, hey, hey! Um, wait a second. But I, uh, I, I have done a little bit of everything, and, and most people don't know this, but uh, coming out of pandemic, I had to take jobs I normally wouldn't take. I, I hate to admit this, but I was in my first. Porn back in Los Angeles. Mm. I played husband that goes to work. That could be that could be the plum roll in go. a lot. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have as well? Do you have a band? By the way, I do have yeah. a band on the show. Neil Kane, who who's basically played with Harry Connick Jr. the last twenty years. Wow. They've formed a, a trio. So he poached guys from Harry's band. So they were there slumming it, doing it with me, and they were very interactive during the monologue. And that was something I told them. You know, Jay Leno, Kevin Eubanks, uh, you know, Carson and Doc Severinsen, Letterman and Paul Schaefer. I said, jump in here, have fun. And they uh, they took me to task. And and the monologue jokes are structured to go up and down in yeah. ebbs and flows because 
there are jokes in there that are designed to make you cringe okay. and slow down momentum. <laughs> because my favorite part about doing the Carson, or watching Carson's monologue, is when the jokes bombed, when they didn't go well, and he's right. pulling down the boom mic and tapping on it. <laughs> There's real reactions to it. He, um, but he was the master. Yeah, that whole I I love that this and there's just hours of him, uh, and he would take and could take because we're so used to this this you know two second cut two second cut he would milk the hell out of those situations <laughs> and it got more progressively more hilarious the longer it went so I love that that's cool that you're sort of paying homage to that as well yeah all of it I mean I I really did do the homework on this thing I had five years again to to do it and it's just a you know it's a great way to pay homage to the to the aesthetic not only the aesthetic but but the art form of the late night talk show so if you're a big fan of those things if you're a big fan of even going back to Carson or Letterman who's one of my favorites there's all nods to this and even Dean Martin when you said Dean Martin earlier my intro is uh ladies and gentlemen direct from the bar and that was <laughs> uh, that was Dean Martin's classic uh, intro in Vegas I used to love the Dean Martin variety uh, that that show he'd have the uh, the gold diggers and he'd have Dom yeah, yeah. DeLuise and he'd have he'd have like um a lot of people don't remember it and Dean Martin is is a singular talent um, he also had it in his contract that he would never rehearse. He would just hit the set and it would all be cue cards and that would be that. And that was actually the charm of watching him conduct a show like that. Yeah, I think he knew the he knew the bones of it. But uh, I read Greg Garrison's book on um, he was the producer with yeah. with Dean Martin all those years and through the roasts. And basically that was what kept the impulsive improv nature to the show so alive. And there was always a spark. And so. A lot of the biggest laughs were the flubs or the, um, you know, because all the guest stars were there and they would rehearse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Dean didn't. So you see a lot of mistakes on that show that, that made the show. I love that stuff. I'm very, I'm very looking forward to this then, that you're capturing all that stuff because it's, I think it's it's do a nod. And, and Steve, did you do a, uh, was this a one shot, one show, or uh, did you do a couple of them and, and uh, put it together? Uh, we did two tapings, okay. uh, and, and and I'm a warts and all kind of guy, so when mistakes happen, when flubs happen, I, I, happy accidents, I keep them in all the time. Cool. Are you uh, are you kind of bummed that it uh, that that you just did the two shows, and now that you know this format is gone, or would you like to, you know, if this is successful, try and do? I, I know you don't want to do the same bit twice, but but maybe follow a, a similar format again sometime. You know, uh, it took so long to do this one, but, it, you know, I, I'll probably have to gear up and do another hour special yeah. very shortly. And if I did another one, I'd probably do this format again. I just okay. really enjoyed it. It's so darn fun. And again, it's so different. And some of the best compliments I've gotten are from some of my fellow comedians. Uh, and that's always a big testament. So cool. I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. If yeah, only I, you had a, like a like a large company associated with this project that could turn it into some sort of series. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, to me, it seems like an obvious because uh, a lot of people I've seen, listen, people who are critics of television in general, there's been sort of a, a um, uh, stagnant sort of feel to you would get so much that'd be, oh, t last night on Carson or last night on Letterman or Conan. You don't get that anymore. Well, I think a big part of the problem is that a lot of look, take a lot of the political s satire shows, take yeah. a lot of the late night talk shows. They all lean left. All yeah. of them lean left, right? And they hit hard on the right. And sometimes it's a little more vile and vitriol than than even uh, I would like as a comedian. Yeah. So one of the big things I tried to do was really stay center and hit the left as hard as I hit the right. 
The issue is, is that, uh, look, a lot of the young executives that oversee these streamers, like where this is uh, broadcasting from or streaming from right now, they took to task a lot of the things that lean a little more right. And so a lot of the jokes that got truncated, I've been posting on my social media saying, here's the jokes that got banned. And it doesn't take long to read the tea leaves and understand why. Did you, um, did you have a lot of people over, you know, giving you notes or, or for the most part, did they let you do what you do? Well, when you film it, you do what you do. But yeah. when you turn it in, oh. that's when I got all okay. the notes back. And it's like, these are gone. And if you want to keep them in, you got to find a new home is kind of what it wasn't officially said to me that way. Right. But but that's what was communicated. And then when you look at all the jokes that got banned, it's like, oh, there seems to be a recurring theme here, guys. You didn't have a, a problem with the other ones. Yeah. And that was the whole point was to stay, you know, politically centered. Well, like that's, yeah. Well, let me ask you also, you're friends with Peter Billingsley, and I know you you know Vince Vaughn as well, who produced the uh, A Christmas Story Christmas. Sure. You couldn't work your way into <laughs> in that. I mean, that's... Well, uh, yeah. I, I told him, look, if you if you do the, uh, the uh, if, if the dinner gets ruined by the bumpuses and you need a few Asians at the end to sing, <laughs> rah, 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 oh my God. you know who to call, guys. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've been waiting to see it. I'm going to wait till Christmas Eve, and I'm going to watch that. Right, but, uh, I am looking. I think they did it. a great job with that because it does pay homage to the old one, but it carves its own identity. And um, look, I, when they first told me about it, I, I was one of the first to go. Ah, yeah. I don't know. You don't want to tamper with a classic, but right. but I think you know when you it's such a tall tall task, but when you do it. I think they, they pulled it off. They no, did they did. Job. They absolutely did. All right. Well, listen, we want to point people in the direction of Amazon Prime. That you, That's where you can find the uh, Late Night with Steve Byrne comedy special, which is uh, available now. So yeah. make sure that you uh, you do go check that out. Dude, great to hear from you, Steve. We hope you have a great holiday. And, and as always, good to talk to you, my man. Thank you guys so much. Happy holidays and uh, happy new year to you guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, guys. Steve Byrne. And, uh, yep, it's called The Last Late Night with Steve Byrne, which is really cool. Excellent. Um, speaking of Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and all that stuff, I saw this thing that Steve sent over to me. Are you the seer? No, I'm not the seer. Oh. I'm just Preston today. Uh, a I keep trying. rare first edition of sheet music of Jingle Bells. Oh, wow is expected to sell for over $10,000 at auction. To be honest, when I saw the price that it was going for, I thought, that seems like a kind of a bargain. Uh, the eight-page document published in 1859. Oh, mm. I was four? Been unearthed uh, 162 years after it was uh, written, having belonged to a private collector for decades. Originally, there was no mention of the festive season in the song written by James uh, Pierpont, who called it the one-horse open sleigh associated with the practice of sleigh riding in uh, North America. In fact, uh, by the way, there's no... Uh, there's no mention of Christmas at, Not all, at all in no. the song. I, I, they I mentioned Kwanzaa. I printed up the lyrics. No, I don't think you're reading Kwanzaa a different... Uh, yeah, that's, Game later. That's different. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, when he decided... When he added a drawing of sleigh bells... Yeah. To the cover of the sheet music around the new title uh, that it's now known by, it became associated with Christmas. But technically, there's really no Christmas. Read through the lyrics. There's no there's no mention of anything. I printed them up. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so I'll read them. Y- yes. Dashing through the snow. Yeah. Okay. You know, one horse open sleigh. Or the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a slaying song tonight. And then it goes through the chorus, jingle bells, jingle all the way, blah, blah, blah. You know that. Yeah. And by the way, so there are other verses. Right. If you did not know. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and so it goes to the second verse is, 
And sucking su- on a chili dog? No, it's not sucking <laughs> on a chili dog. Uh, it goes, and soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. He got into what? a drifted bank, and when and we we got upset. Oh, jingle bell, yeah. jingle, jingle bell. bell. Yes. Is that? Do they sing that in the songs yeah. that we listen to? And we... soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. I wax that asshole. Got into a drifted <laughs> oh bank. He got into a drifted bank. And we got upside. What it's, the hell? That doesn't even fit. It's what you call old sure. old timey talk, I... Preston. Uh, and then it goes on. It goes through the chorus again, and then the third verse says, uh, "Now the ground is white. Got it while you're go it while you're young. Take the girls tonight and sing this slaying song. Just get a bobtail bay to forty for his speed. I don't know what any of this. Means. Then I, I, hitch him to an open sleigh and crack. You'll take the lead." You could be ringing, reading from a, a medical journal. I wouldn't I, even. Do we just sing the other verse? I over think we and sing the one. That... Grant, see if we have uh, Jingle Bells by. Um, oh, who's the band? Uh, Nine Inch Nails. I have a uh, Brian Setzer. I have Gary Ho. No, the current band. Uh, the lead singer, uh, British. We love him. Uh, really. Struts. Play, play Struts. Thank you. You got it from oh. that. I appreciate that because I never would have got it. Uh, but they do a version of Jingle Bells, which sings multiple verses. Really? Yeah. Same as the verses? Really? Um, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. It's funny when you actually go into some of the lyrics of uh, of these things that are, seem so benign. You oh, know, dude, yeah. I'll give you an example right now. Yeah. And I was thinking of this because of um, Deck the Halls with Bows of yeah. Holly, uh, which, by the way, I'm wondering how many people think it's deck the ball, deck the halls with balls of holly. I'm sure a lot too. Yeah, well, I yeah. remember the uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Little Rascals Christmas. Uh, Alfalfa said booges of holly. Booges. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because I think Rochelle one time didn't know what bow meant. And right, I'm like a bow is like a branch. Yep, it's spelled B O U G. I feel like that's something everyone knows now. Like they've they've cleared that up. Oh, I don't know, but uh, anyhow, a small uh, small community in Alaska where they the one, the one I was going to mention was where the cows are was uh, <laughs> exactly. uh, no, you guys I'm are messing sorry. me up here. Was We're just talking about cow. cows in Africa. Yeah. Uh, what's the uh, the nursery? Uh, or the, Ring around the rosy. Nope. The uh, not nursery rhyme, but the uh, rockabye baby. Rockabye baby. Thank you. Thank God you guys are when the bell breaks. The yeah. oh! So listen. Break. Yeah. That's a sloth, if you remember. <laughs> Uncanny. Um, so it's uh, rockabye baby in the treetops. When the when when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the when the bow breaks, the branch, the cradle will fall, and down will come baby cradle. So there's a My kid baby! in a tree. Yeah. In their crib, the wind blows, knocks the whole thing up. The kid's dead, dead. on the ground. My baby's dead. He's dead. Why do we put him in the tree? Why? It's like a nighttime. Ask Sloth. <laughs> when the bow breaks, Sloth. <laughs> yeah. How does it go? How does it go? He's like, wait. Uh, break. Break. Ball. Ma, you've been bad. 
Remember that? They dropped no. him on his head. <laughs> yes, that's several, it. Several times. Is that what caused uh, his... Uh... Yes. Wow. Yeah, I she, did not know that the, he was actually brutalized as a baby. The mom admits. She mm. goes, well, I only dropped you a couple times. Mm-hmm. I only dropped her once. Mm-hmm. Well, only a couple of times. It <laughs> makes so, this a much more horrifying movie. She beat yeah. the hell out of him. Oh, she, he should have that... strangled her to death. Bizarre misshapen head. <laughs> Uh, somebody here texted and thought that uh, Bows of Holly was, I thought it was Bose and Holly. Okay. What? That's another one. Bose, the, uh, the, the audio company? No, like a bow. Oh, like, like a, a bow you bow. would tie. Yeah. But bow, a bow is a branch, so Bows of Holly. What the hell is this? Techno jingle bells? Are they lyrics? No. Okay. Man, I'm thinking about sloth now. (sighs) Do you guys have favorites? He was beaten. Yeah. Yeah, he was beaten. I mean, as as a baby. That was abuse. Go beat up the baby. Do we have a favorite what? Uh, Christmas Carol. Christmas song. Um, Not a favorite version, but a favorite actual song. All of them. Kath, I uh, was listening to Bing Crosby. uh, White Christmas? The whole album. It's great. It is. One of the classics. To me, that is quintessential yeah. Christmas for me. And that's what I was listening and to. And this cover of Why Don't We Do It in the Road is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we do it? Uh, I like I'll Be Home for Christmas. Okay. Beautiful. That Beautiful. kind of gets me in the feels. Yeah. A little bit. How about, um, do you like a more traditional? I, I do. I mean, so, I mean, just as far, you know, when I was growing up on Thanksgiving night, we listened to Bing Crosby White Christmas right. as we were eating our Thanksgiving meal, and like, and and so for me, that is the you have a fine memory of it. Yeah, 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 oh, absolutely. No Do we have a version of Jingle Bells? I, I need to hear these other verses. <laughs> uh, um, well, we're working on, ha- the, uh, and also yeah. how you would phrase them, because as you as you rightly pointed out, Preston, they're incredibly clunky lyrics. Yeah, to to fit in that melody. Yeah, yeah. I have, about, especially the part about beating sloth as a baby. Yeah, um, I have a whole bunch of different. Uh, that's a. I have so many different versions of this song, but probably... But none of them work. Well, I mean, you, do you want to listen to this one? Wait, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. This stupid system. <laughs> Go ahead. Jingle bells! Yeah. Jingle bells! Is that Pink Crosby? I don't think that's Pink Crosby. No. Uh, then we have uh, Jingle Bells uh, sung in, Tony a gas, in a gas mask. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, I don't know what that one is. It says is. Jingle Bell's Nick. I don't know what that is. What is it? Let's find out. It says Nick intern. <laughs> oh, Nick Click. That's right. <laughs> it's the Nick Click. Stop it. <laughs> I, I did like that. Uh, a couple of people are texting in. Uh, it says we put out, uh, we pull out Johnny Mathis and Nat King Cole. That's a good, yeah, they're great. Those are good ones Just too. Not, oh, what? The, it, it is the the Bing Crosby Jingle Bells that I, I was listening to over the weekend, and he does it with the Andrews Sisters. Oh, there we and go. what I was thinking about this, Steve, is that they were like they were like you know thinking they were cool, you know. Yeah. So at the time, they were cool. Whatever they were doing was They were cool. Led Zeppelin at but that like, time. We're going to sing off beat. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. <laughs> and so like that little pause was yeah. like I don't 
Why did you that stop t- doing that? You're throwing me off. <laughs> that's them trying to be cool. That's them trying to be cool, man. I didn't have to bitch slap all of you. <laughs> oh, we do have the uh, struts, by the way. We're ready to rock. All right, here we go. All right. By the way, oh never mind. You got. I was gonna say, wasn't Bing Crosby? Wasn't he like beating his kids on well, the Gary Crosby in his book talks? <laughs> yeah, about, he used to call him Satchel Ass and and beat him. Satchel Ass. Yeah. The hell does that mean? I don't anyway? know. It's, I think it's something you say before you beat your kid. I guess <laughs> so, right? Wow. Okay. All right. So yeah, let's hear if these other lyrics are. In. This is a cool version of this song. I know they do at least two verses. Through the snow in the one horse open sleigh, all the field we go, laughing all the way. <laughs> oh, he's really laughing. Making spirits bright. All right, we all know this. What fun is to laugh and sing on a sleighing song tonight? Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all. He doesn't go for it. Wait a minute. A day or two ago. Is that yeah, it? yeah. A day it's, or two oh, ago. Oh, he's going to do it. I thought I'd take a ride and soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. All right. I thought I'd take a ride. Uh. And soon Miss Fanny Bright uh. was seated by my side. Uh. The horse was lean and light. Misfortune seems lost. Yeah, this, these are the lyrics I got. Yeah. We got into we a drifted bank and then we got outside. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. So, good question. Yeah, the jingle bell, um, which we associate as the sound of Christmas. Right. Um, at this point, it was not the sound of Christmas. I guess not. This song didn't really have anything right. to do with... Uh, it was the, the whoopee cushion up till then. With Christmas at all. Hang on. Uh, yeah, but dashing through the snow in, in a one-horse... One that's episode, like, a, yeah. a common form of conveyance, right? Yeah. yeah. It that's, was like, you know, that, it was scepter for them. <laughs> Uh, let's let's listen to the last uh, verse. Here we go. Now the ground is white. Go at it while you're young. And take the girls tonight. Yeah. Sing, sing this play. Christmas song. So he added Christmas. It says sing the slaying song. Uh, uh, in the, uh, as okay. in killing people, as in going This one goes out to Sloth, who was beaten as a baby. Beaten mercilessly by his ugly mother. <laughs> There you go, big guy. This one's for you. Whatever that is on your face. Just get the bobtail bay. 240 as his speed. Hitch him to an open sleigh and crack, you'll take the lead. Yeah, that's it. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells. I love this. That's a great version of this song. Super 
guys ever been on a uh, yes. horse-driven sleigh yes. before? Yes. Yeah. It's actually in the Poconos. Not in the Poconos. It was in the Catskills. Uh, with the whole thing with the blanket and the, the hot chocolate. Was it cool? It was wonderful. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, like a big, thick uh, blanket, and then I had two prostitutes with me. Wow. No, it was, it was a... Uh, I was a little kid, but it was fun. It was great, you know. <laughs> There's a, a farm that does it. I think it's called... Mm, Prostitute Farm. No, North Star. Strangle Farm? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's like what they do during the holiday Didn't season. Didn't Arasafa do that too? They do. They actually have... They have a. They, uh, the they have a light display, and they have... I think you can do the sleigh uh, or something, uh, or uh, like a, um, uh, a hay wagon, you know? And they'll give you hot... Ch- uh, and I may be speaking out of turn here, but I believe they do the hot chocolate and all that stuff. I've done well. horse-driven carriages before, but never a sleigh. Yeah. Never never that condition where you're out in the snow. Well, it was the Catskills, and it was it was snowy like crazy, and it was um, it was wonderful. Now, that's yeah. got to be pretty cool. That's got to be fun. Unless it's so cold and you're like, this is not fun at all. I hate this. I don't like this. Get me out of here. I want to punch a baby. <laughs> um, by the way, somebody texted and said a satchel ass is like calling someone a fat ass. Oh, oh, okay. okay. I guess it makes sense. A satchel, that's like a pouch. Yeah, I guess so. All right. I so. did one of Kathy's activities this weekend. Whoa. Yeah, I know, in right? Delaware? You're surprised too. Yeah, yeah down in Rehoboth. <laughs> I went to uh, Shelville. I just, I just, I, I don't get into Christmas until like two or three days it's before. It's next to Shelbyville, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. I did not know that. I don't know. You guys are just asking about music, and I just can't hear like the traditional music. I'll take like the waitresses. <laughs> Right next to you. You don't like the uh, more traditional carols? No, I want okay. like um, the George Michael song, the um, yeah, Wham song. That's yeah. fine. I like those too. Yeah, yeah. I do. Those. I do like the traditional, though. You know, I, I love the classic at Christmas Carol. I love uh, the uh, O Come All Ye Faithful, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Uh, Ave Maria and uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the thong song. Is Ave Maria a Christmas song? It's played around Christmas, yeah. but okay. yeah. Mary. Uh, it, they mentioned sloth. What's that, uh, the the Latin one? Uh, oh, come all you faith. Oh, come all you faith. Yeah, but uh, I like the Bing Crosby, he does it in Latin. He does? Yeah. Big I Latin. Like, yeah, he does that, and he does <laughs> Melikikimaka, and then he also does the Irish like one. one. Yeah. What's the Irish one that he does? Um, Kiss my royal Irish. Yeah, yeah. like the Melikikimaka. Yeah. That's, that's a fun one, too. <laughs> Oh, wait, like that was one. your activity song. Kathy's holiday activities. Is that the music? That's yeah. based on it. Yeah. Oh, that's the actual Christmas cheer. How about uh, uh, Rockabye Baby? Don't you remember when I used to sing to you? <laughs> when you were a little boy. <laughs> Rockabye Baby on the treetop. <laughs> when the wind blows, the cradle will bite. When the bar breaks, the cradle will fall. Break! Fall! Uh, uh, I only grabbed you once. Uh, or maybe twice. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna rip your goddamn head off. It's all coming back to me, you filthy whore. I hate you. Ripping your head off! The Goonies takes an even darker turn. You tortured me, you filthy fat whore! Reaches in with his hand and pulls out her still beating heart. Let's see what's in this pouch. I got some kidneys. Uh, (laughs) Uterus, you never needed that. (laughs) I'm going to eat your face. 
Sloth, like, that, yeah. it needs that moment for him to slap him back to complete sentience. Yeah, like, he could like, speak like, after that. Well, here's what happened. <laughs> we had had this whole pirate adventure, and I was, I'll, I'll admit, I was a little slow and a little happy-go-lucky. But there was a sobering moment when my mother relayed to me how she treated me as a child, as an infant, and then it all came to... And I realized, you know, actually, I graduated MIT. <laughs> You've had a breakthrough. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's congratulations. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, now if I can only get my eyes on the same side of my face. Aw. <laughs> 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 had no idea. No, I didn't know that was part of, of his... Uh, that, that oh, yeah. A lot of what he has, that which, listen, he's lovable and wonderful, he's a great character, but that... But that that was associated with abuse. Yeah, they beat him. I don't like that. All right. Well, anyhow, if you want to own the lyrics or the first edition, one of the first editions of uh, Jingle Bells, it's only going to set you back about ten thousand dollars. Didn't you think something? Don't you think that would be a little bit more? Uh, uh, I mean, these aren't the handwritten, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, manuscripts or anything like this. This is just a first edition print. Okay. Right. Of it, there's only a couple that do exist. I mean, it's old, it's 160 some odd years old, so it's definitely worth it. But that's you know, ten okay. grand. I don't know. It's a steal. Uh, anyhow, uh, and and I don't know who's auctioning that off. I was just looking for that. Oh, Oliver Ditson and Company of Boston. No, Oliver that's Ditson and Company. Can I help you? Uh, they were they published it. Oh. originally. So I don't know who's. Do you have any uh, old documents that you have on, on that order, like lyrics of? Uh... Nah. A Rush song or the Beatles? I bought- nope. I have a I have a first edition copy of uh, the very first Sports Illustrated. Oh wow! But oh. that's it. Nice. Yeah. I bought. Uh, so my wife's favorite book is uh, Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Great book. So I bought her a first edition of that. Uh, for her birthday years ago. Um, Man, so much something good. like that cost? Well, here's the deal. It didn't have the dust cover on it, so it was a lot more affordable. So, it, But it was a few hundred dollars. Okay. But if you get one with the dust cover, then you go into the thousands. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. funny how in the collectible realm, that yeah, if, if something's been, you know, dog-eared or whatever, or or sure. a little crease, it, that, you know, yep. it can make a dramatic difference in its value. I yeah. bought an edition of uh, the John and Yoko cover of Rolling Stone. Like the actual magazine. It has... Like the mailing address of the person. Really? How much did that run you? I, Steve, I bought it when I was in high school, so yeah. I I think it was maybe under fifty bucks. Okay. Probably that's you, how much I would spend on something well, that I'd long. I'd be curious ago. to see if that's appreciated. Yeah, me too. Actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> actually, that song "Beautiful Boy" that yeah. John did that was about sloth. A lot of people. <laughs> no, know that. come yep. on. Yep, it was. Uh, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of you guys. Excellent stuff. <laughs> Every road just slays me every time. And I didn't know that until uh, my mother reminded me how she beat me as a baby. <laughs> Isn't it funny? People are pointing out they had him chained in the basement to yeah. a chair. Yeah. So they were they which, were thanks, Mom. into adulthood. I mean, speaking of which, God. you know, the one Fratelli brother was in jail. So Ma Fratelli and the other one somehow were a, they were able to overpower him. Maybe they drugged him. I don't know. I don't know the whole backstory. Yeah. It seems like it's a it's actually a dumb movie. I forgot what the scene is when they realize that he's going to come after them. Uh-huh. Uh, and the, the brothers do. And, yeah. and they were like, we're in deep ass now. <laughs> I mean, like, immediately. Because he rips like, his oh, my God. He rips oh, his yeah. It's, and the Superman underneath, uh-huh. they're like. And he smashes oh their heads God. together, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> right? best when that happens. He conks their heads together, right? Yeah, I think And then so. there's, like, brains in his hands. And he breaks the, when he breaks the chains. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like. He said, wait, wait, he goes, uh, we were going to get your teeth fixed, and then we, <laughs> we bought a. We, we spent France as a hit. We bought his toupee. <laughs> I don't wear a hairpiece. <laughs> 
I wonder if they could. <laughs> I wonder if they could redo that movie with the with the abilities they have now with CGI oh. and and not and and retain the um um whatever that special something was that that movie had. You know what I mean? Well, supposedly Adam Goldberg of the Goldbergs oh, is yeah. is working on a, whether it is a, a a I believe it's a reboot or an homage in some way. That's one of his favorite. In fact, in the in the show they did an entire of the Goldbergs. They did an entire Goonies episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're watching now. We're watching clips of <laughs> of the Goonies and Sloth and all that. All right, uh, we do need to take a break, and we're going to do that now. And I'm going to give away some movie passes. We have Avatar: The Way of Water screening tomorrow night. UA King of Prussia. That means IMAX 3D, the most optimum viewing conditions that you could possibly get for this. Amazing visual display. Yeah, uh, that is this movie. So uh, we'll take callers uh, thirteen and fourteen at two one five two six three WMMR, and <laughs> we will put you on the list at seven o'clock tomorrow night. There's a second chance to win. Text word Avatar to three nine three three three, and you might pick up tickets that way. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. A bizarre file stories are up next. So, oh wait, is that what we're doing next? Yeah, yeah. bizarre file. Stay yeah. with us. We'll be back. 93.3 WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle. The Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Edition. Wednesday, December 21st at the Excite Center inside Parks Casino in Ben Salem. At stake, some of the coolest prizes, gadgets, and gifts from our winter wonderland of clients and sponsors. Including Adventure Aquarium, Nebraska Brazilian Steakhouse, and Stephen Ear Jewelers. Want to be a part of the studio audience? Check WMMR.com for details. And don't forget to dress to, um, impress. Our judges will pick their favorite ugly sweater to score great prizes from Miller Lite. Preston and Steve's Christmas Miracle. Oh, it's a Christmas miracle! 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your holidays. All right, bizarre file time. Here we go. Bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. All right, it's brought to you this morning by Manhattan Bagel. You can treat everyone on your list to a gift that's always in good taste, a gift card from Manhattan Bagel. You can buy a $20 gift card and get $5 free for a limited time at ManhattanBagel.com. ManhattanBagel.com, participating locations only. Uh, dozens of shoppers at the Bronx Terminal Market watched as first responders put extensive confined space rescue training to work to save two men who fell down an elevator shaft. Oh. Started on the third floor outside of the Target store. A 29-year-old loss prevention officer was ejecting a 16-year-old suspected shoplifter. During a struggle, they banged against an elevator door. It opened, and they fell three stories down to the top of the elevator on the first floor. Uh, The two victims in the elevator shaft, one was on top of the elevator, the second was past the elevator in the elevator pit. The victim on top of the elevator was rescued fairly easily. To reach the other under the elevator in the pit, first responders had to knock down walls in the first floor dollar discount and party store. Uh, The victim in the elevator pit had injuries described as critical. Uh, He was taken to the Harlem Hospital and is expected to survive. That's pretty terrifying, falling down an elevator shaft. Three stories, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not crazy far. It's enough to kill you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay, here you go. Here's your disturbing story of the morning. A woman who gave a neighbor a box that was containing her decapitated husband's head 
claimed that it had contained sex toys. Uh, hmm. Carmen Marino. Well, maybe. Has been handed a 15-year jail sentence and was convicted of her partner's homicide three weeks ago. I put raisins in it. You you like raisins. After a fortnight-long jury trial at a court in the northern Spanish city of Santander. That's out. Raisins in it. You like raisins. Her partner, Jesus Baranda, was reported missing before the neighbor found his head in the box that she was handed a few oh months earlier. God. On Friday, the court announced that it was sentencing the killer to a maximum of 15 years. When a written ruling stated that she had acted out of greed when she participated in an active way in causing his death after being named a sole heir of 67-year-old Jesus Maria's will. The ruling continued saying she got rid of the corpse and handed over his skull to a female friend, telling her the box contained sex toys because she knew relatives of her partner had reported him missing and was uh, cautious, uh, conscious uh, it would result in a police investigation that would probably lead to a search of their home. So the convicted killer pointed the finger at the neighbor mm-hmm. uh, she gave the box to during the trial, as well as her murdered partner's brother. She said they both had the keys to the couple's home. Uh, and she continued saying the sex toys were presents I bought for my birthday. When things became a bit complicated, the truth is I got embarrassed about the idea the police could come around and find the bag. I asked Maria Carmen, the neighbor... If she would take it, and she said, of course, no problem. The neighbor was handed the box in April 2019, some two months after the man disappeared, but only opened it in September following a growing bad smell coming from it. Who takes used sex toys? Reports at the time said the remains had no human tissue on them because they had been boiled and wrapped in foil. The man, the dead man was identified only by a tooth. Uh, Marino told police after arrest... It had his name on it. Her partner had disappeared voluntarily and continued to protest her innocence at her trial. But she killed this guy, dismembered him, and then... That's horrific. It. Yeah, they yeah. had to a neighbor. Wow. Still owes her t- uh, sex toys. Uh, this is pretty messed up. A Perry County, Pennsylvania man was has survived a Tuesday morning crash, uh, or he had survived... But then he was struck and killed by a train what? while standing on the tracks beside his wrecked car, the state police said. Oh, man. So the 26-year-old man, whose name was not yet released, was driving too fast for icy road conditions around 6 a.m. Tuesday when his Jeep hit an embankment and then rolled several times. The Jeep came to rest on the tracks. A Norfolk Southern train fatally hit the man while he was standing outside his car and the Jeep sustained several severe front and side damage. How messed up is that? The, the universe wants you dead at that point. The state police's Newport Barracks is investigating the crash and the man's death. All right. Now, I normally don't really touch on stories that have to do with uh, child molestation and stuff like that. But listen to how this played out. A man was arrested Friday after being accused of child molestation and sexual exploitation, the Seattle Police Department announced. According to police, in September, detectives began investigating a suspect accused of child molestation and sexual exploitation. And on Friday, officers found the man eating at a restaurant. Here's why I bring this up. He appeared to be on a date with a woman while he was arrested. Can you imagine? You're going on a date with this guy sitting there. The cops come in and arrest him for that crime. You'd be like, ah, What? I can explain. Yeah, the yeah. man was arrested on... Uh, Order me a cappuccino. I'll be back. $250,000 felony warrant. But it was odd that they added that uh, that little detail in there, and that's what stood out to me. Um, a Let's see. A mother shared her shock after finding an X-rated detail in her Christmas wrapping 
uh, in the Christmas wrapping paper that she had bought. Uh, the Queensland, Australia shopper posted the racy design on a popular Facebook group, warning others to check their purchases thoroughly. At first glance, the $6.99 Christmas wrapping paper looks ordinary, but a closer look reveals like uh, reveals an aroused snowman. <laughs> really? And essentially the carrot yeah. uh, ended up down where his willy is. Uh, and also they have two deer that are getting uh, doing the nasty. Look, he's got a boner. Uh, the mom of four had already wrapped some of the presents before she spotted the detail. She said, I purchased them online and only noticed when I was wrapping my third present. <laughs> Thankfully, the first two were for me and my partner. Yeah, and you can see this. I like that. This one deer is yeah. stag mounting a doe. Uh, there's that scene in Dumb and Dumber where they're building the snowman, right? And yes. He, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, she said, when I first saw it, I had to send photos of my friend and my mother to see if they noticed anything off while wiping laughing tears from my face. Uh, Nicole isn't letting the wrapping paper go to waste. Plans to cover the rude imagery with strategically placed name labels. Uh, the mom said her discovery was hilarious and hoped that her post would stop others from making the same mistake as well as give people a bit of a laugh. And that is the last story that I have for you in the Bizarre File this morning. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in just a sec. Hang close because we got something to give away, and that is in the form of today's lesson question. We'll get trash and music news as well. Stay put. We'll be right back. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We are about ready to give something to you if you've been listening all morning long. You've been paying attention all morning long because we're going to do today's lesson question. What do we have? I haven't even looked yet to see what our prize is this week. Ah, it's a $50 Manhattan Bagel gift card. Nice. That's pretty awesome. Okay, so all you have to do is answer today's question correctly and you will win that. So, what do we call it when a scuba diver takes a dump underwater? It's true. But there were a couple things that were said. So this one focuses in on the Brady Bunch. How about that? <laughs> what do you call when a scuba diver takes a dump underwater? It has to do with the Brady Bunch. Okay. And don't try to make it up. You'll never get it. Nope. I had to do with an actor on the Brady Bunch. 215-263-WMMR, the number. If you know, call him. We'll do the, uh, we'll do the trash while we're waiting for your call. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you this morning by Horizon Services. You can let Horizon Services replace your home's heating system and get up to $1,200 back with zero down and zero payments until 2024. Install the next day. Book online in seconds at HorizonEZBook.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Kathy Hilton has issued an apology to Mariska Haggerty uh, after she was seen putting on lip gloss during the actress's accepted speech at the 2022 People's Choice Awards. Hilton says things could have been dramatically worse because also in her pocketbook was a fleet enema. Oh. Hey! Controversial L.A. Councilman Kevin DeLeon got into a full knockdown drag-out fight with an activist while attending a Christmas tree lighting and toy giveaway. DeLeon later apologized, saying the activist really pushed his button by suggesting that bumbles don't bounce. Oh. What? And we know that they do. 
And finally, Kelly Clarkson asking a judge for a restraining order against a 56-year-old Nicole Young who has attempted to gain entrance to her house on nine different occasions. Young is reportedly trying to get Clarkson interested in doing a new segment on her show called Home Invasion Okie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you trash. All right, we're looking for the answer. Let's see if someone knows. What did we? Uh, what do we call it when a scuba diver takes a dump That's underwater? Two one five two six three WMMR. We'll go to Joe and see if Joe knows the answer. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Morning. All right, Joe. What do we call it when a scuba diver takes a dump underwater? Florence Henderson. Florence yeah. Henderson. Hi, Mike. Hang on, Joe. We're gonna get your info. And we are going to give you a $50 Manhattan Bagel gift card. And you can let Manhattan Bagel take the stress out of your holidays. You gather, they cater, ManhattanBagel.com to place your order. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, got a few stories. We'll start with the fact that Tool has announced its first ever collectible statue, which is inspired by their 2006 album, 10,000. You've been asking about this, Kathy. The band announced the statue on social media, calling it a uh, maquette. Yes. You familiar uh, with that? Yeah, like a a little figurine. Yeah, like a... uh... It's in the collectibles. It's a well-known phrase. It's described as a model for a larger piece of sculpture created in order to visualize how it might look and to work out approaches and materials for how it might be made. Right. I don't know what that means. So they, they sculpt it, and that's it's a mock-up, basically. Mock. Mock. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. The statue will be made available on Friday, by the way. So, so they say exactly what it is? No. Okay. Uh, It's inspired by the 2006 album 10,000, and it's a maquette. Yeah. mock Yeah. 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 (laughs) Nirvana bassist uh, Chris Novoselic recalls the 1992 MTV Video Music Awards when he tossed his bass into the air only to have it slam back down on his head. Uh, While chatting with uh, Bass Player Magazine... Uh, he recalled, he goes, oh, that was mega. He said, we started playing the song, and my amp just didn't work. So I thought, well, I'm going to do this bass toss and then walk off. Well, the bass got caught up in the TV lights, and then, boom, it fell on my head. So he threw it up there, and then the lights are so bright at something like that, yeah, you couldn't yeah. see. And it clocks him. He said, so I storm off stage. There's an interesting thing that happened off stage. He said, I storm off stage, and these paramedics come, and they take a look at me. They put a bandage on. And I had to sign all these release forms, uh, so I'm not going to sue anybody. And so it was like it was in front of 200 million people, right? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on to recall the on-site medics tending to his head wound. He said, so I'm all annoyed, right? And I'm like, what the hell? And behind them, there is this amazing fellow with a glass of champagne. And he said, it's Brian May. No. I'm just standing there politely. Or he's standing there politely, and he says, here you go, my man. And uh, he hands me his glass of champagne. And I was like, you're Brian May. How are you? And he said, more importantly, how are you? Uh, Moments later, Dave Grohl burst in. Apparently, he had been looking all over for me, he said, only to find me enjoying a calm glass of bubbly with Brian May. So he had a fairly decent cut right on his head. Yeah, I remember him bleeding. bleeding. Yeah, Yeah. Got to watch that when you do that. Papa Roach dropped the official music video for a title track, uh, the title track of their latest album, Ego Trip, and it came out on Friday. Uh, the band described the Bryson Roach-directed Ego Trip clip on YouTube, writing, 
We visited the legendary House of Vans in Mexico City earlier this year and invited fans to come get crazy with us on a day off uh, to film the video for the title song on the Ego Trip album. Uh, the energy was truly inspiring to everyone. Thank you, Mexico. We love you. Viva la cucaracha. Mm. The cockroach? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, the Rolling Stones have just dropped the live video for Happy. We're as, happy. As featured on the band's latest archival release titled Grr Live. Uh, the multimedia release drops on February 10th and was recorded on December 15th, 2012. That's the, the sound my stomach makes when I eat cheese. Uh, during the band's. <laughs> Yeah. 50 and counting tour stop at uh, Newark, New Jersey's Prudential Center. And then finally, uh, there was a concert uh, info, to, or a concert announcement to pass the info along to you. And it will be uh, at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion on September 17th. It's called the Sharp Dressed Simple Man Tour. Ah. And by putting those two phrases together, you might figure out it's both ZZ Top and Leonard Skinner. Hey. Well, that makes sense. They got the Sharp Dressed Simple Man Tour. Now, they're down one guy, obviously, in ZZ Top. So who's uh, who from Leonard Skinner is stepping into? Oh, I don't think anybody from Leonard Skinner is. So they going to play all together? Well, ZZ Top had um, uh, basically the, the bass tech was the guy who took all over. All right, okay. Uh, Dusty's kind of right-hand man. And I think that was kind of their somewhat bizarre verbal agreement that you know he would be the guy that takes over so uh they're they're doing separate sets from what i understand uh the tickets are on sale this friday uh 10 a.m you'll be able to get those and jackie bam is going to have tickets all week long for you to win so make sure that you tune in uh to jackie's show which by the way i tune into a bit of um you call it friday night yes on friday which is uh the best radio show around and uh jackie was playing a deep cut, uh, not a deep cut, but just a never heard song uh, called Sentimental Street, uh, which is uh, from um, uh, Night Ranger. Uh-huh. And so I texted him and I'm like, dude, I can't believe you're playing <laughs> Sentimental Street. I'm like, this is awesome. And what was his response? Hang on, I'll, I'll find it real quick because, of course, Jackie got back to me right away. Because uh, he, he's just all, he's all amped up. Yes, that's on, his, on Friday his night. baby. Uh, and then he wrote, oh, my God, I love you, Press. <laughs> he wrote, only you and me, man. XO, 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 XO. He, uh, you know, it's when we come in on Wednesday or Thursday, he's he's spent the whole night putting that show together. And then he fired over, like, three more real rapid fire, <laughs> which are like, he goes, LOL, Brett said hi. He loves you guys. XO. I'm not sure who Brett is. Is that Brett, Brett Michaels? Michaels? You yeah. spoke to him? Yeah. Uh, and then he wrote, Whoa, fat, playing for you, so cool, so cool, my friends. We haven't even mentioned that yet. Yeah. At the Christmas Miracle, live music, we're going to have uh, the band Whoa, fat, playing live. They're a brass band. It's excellent. Uh, but uh, Jackie wrote, Whoa, fat, playing for you, so cool, my friends, Bubba on now, LOL, XO. So I don't know what all that means. Yeah. But that's a typical. <laughs> he texted me about Bubba as well. Yeah, I, I don't know the, the Bubba thing. So, but nonetheless. Uh, that's a Jackie Bam Bam moment, moment that we yes. had. It was nice. All right. Um, that's it. Music news. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We're going to wrap it up. Stay put. We'll return shortly. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. 
Hey, Window Nation brings the best of the home show savings right into your home. You can get two free windows with every two you buy with no limit, plus pay no interest for 60 months. Go to windownation.com slash home show and use their free virtual visualizer to see how their window options will look on your home. But hurry, these once a year home show savings end soon. Get two windows free with every two you buy and pay no interest for five full years. Call today, 866-90NATION or go to windownation.com slash home show. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. A Monday. Kind of painless, kind of fun. We had a good time today. The sun's peeking through a little bit, even though we were told it would not be the case. Yeah, we're going to have mainly clouds today, but yeah, it was a little, little peaks of sunshine every now and then tomorrow. And uh, cold today, I'd about 43, pretty much the same thing tomorrow. Uh, but more sunshine and then 42 on Wednesday. We might get some rain, maybe even some snow by the end of the work week, but we'll see how all that plays out. I would like to thank our one and only guest this morning and comedian Steve Byrne was on. Steve's great. We could talk to him anytime and he's got a uh, special. It is on Amazon Prime and it is called The Last Late Night with Steve Byrne and he kind of takes a uh, late night talk show format, but in his stand-up comedy routine. Yes. So it's kind of interesting how... Sounds very innovative. Yeah, most definitely. So, uh, Nick has been out today, so hopefully he's on the mend. But thank you, Marissa, for being in the studio hey. yet again. Our That's utility it. player <laughs> who pops in uh, a lot lately. Uh, but uh, maybe Nick will be back tomorrow. We'll find out and uh, see if he's feeling any better. In the meantime, uh, Pierre Robert is in, fresh from his weekend. How you doing, man? Oh, fine, thank you. How are you? Wonderful. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Yes. I sound a little froggy, but I'm fine. Yeah, you do. Has that, that been lingering from the weekend? or? Well, it's a little cold, um, and I keep testing, so I don't have COVID, but um, <clears throat> just as a lingering thing. Like, well, caveat that for a little bit, yeah. And yeah, that's, and that's you guys have to stop open mouth kissing. Well, that was the, that's why you got it. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think I got it from? <laughs> uh, but you ooh still... la la ooh la la. Uh, so Nick, who knows I if he's like Pepe Le Pew, got this thing too. <laughs> who knows? Um, all right. Well, shall we, without further ado, get to the letter of the day, sir? Yes. All right. Here we go. Preston and Steve on ninety three three WMMR. Now the daily letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter M, as in Monday. All right, we have an M, and you have five letters to keep track of because by the time we get to Friday, we'll have a word, and that will, word will be worth a Pizik round barbecue and fire pit kit. Very cool from Landis Block. And Landis Block, you can start imagining your own backyard paradise by looking at the photo gallery online at Landis BC. Dot com And we will give that away, like I said, on Friday. So we're looking forward to that. I'm um, sure you got some Monday stuff planned for today. We do indeed. We will have workforce blocks of Queen and Almond Brothers and Ghost and Woodstock Trading Company gift cards to mm. give away. Excellent. I love it. Uh, I need Casey in here because we don't have our ending music ready to go. Oh, uh, he's... Um, sorry. What's up? I need our ending music. Uh, if you would please, that'd be great. Do you have a specific tune in mind while you're singing that? The Russian guy singing. Oh, so that's on Friday. Yeah, I know. I'm making it a Monday version of the Russian guy singing. 
A Monday ver- Okay, I got gotcha. you. Boo, 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 do do. Da da ba 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 ba. Yeah. Ray John, we'll see you tomorrow. Da ba da do, ba boo, ba boo. Sound like uh, John Waite. A little bit, a little bit. All right, uh, now we got it. Thank you, Pierre, for that wonderful. I'm here to help you get the bridge. You are the bridge. I'm the bridge. You're the bridge to... Hell yeah. All right. Brought to you this morning by Duncan. The President and Steve Show is, and we run on Duncan. Also, Acme Markets, Fresh Foods, Local Flavors, and Wawa. They have a gift card for anyone on your list. Happy holidays from Wawa. Uh, tomorrow on our program, hey, Mr. Skin, oh, do hey. some uh, year-end uh, list of uh, nakedness in movies for the past year or so. And uh, comedian uh, Mary Radzinski oh, will be joining us, too. Very so we nice. Have, uh, more of the Avatar tickets to give away. The last ones of those will do Christmas Miracle Passes and our skate date coming up. So a lot of things to win. That's it. We're done. Rage on, as Pierre said. And we'll see you tomorrow, guys. Bobby da-boo, ba-doo, da-boo, Bye-bye. Ba-da-da-da. See you, guys. <laughs> It's good to have you on the bat bat, two da bat, two ba 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 